beautiful people? It's Winter Wednesday, November 16th, 2022, and this sports show from the FanDuel Thunderdome starts right now. Football! He's looking ahead to its 11th weekend of NFL football already. Damn, unbelievable. Let's make sure we enjoy all of this. There's some stories that we definitely have to cover from the around the NFL that we haven't covered yet this week. There's some, you know, good banter from Kevin O'Connell, the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, chit-chatting about the game that was in Buffalo this past weekend. Speaking of Buffalo, potentially three to four feet of snow coming for their Browns game this weekend. I seen that earlier in the week on the Doppler because I grew up in a city in which Joe DiNardo was the weatherman. I took the under. It was originally at 47. He's dropped down to 43 i think it's going to continue to go lower and lower probably but also the college of buffalo plays on saturday too in buffalo so something about you're saying the college football team out there in buffalo yeah they have a game yeah and the snow will definitely be still snowing on saturday i believe they said they don't know if it's going to be that big on uh sunday maybe the tail end of the snowstorms on sunday when the browns take on the bills but definitely on saturday it's still gonna be fucking coming down i believe it will still be snowing on saturday for those that don't know we're whispering because we don't want to say it too loud because we don't want to jinx it but it feels like the fucking unders in those two games are the right plays and we have been gifted a bet from the fucking football gods here early in the season so that's why we're trying to keep it down. Be, don't tell anybody. Yep. Nope. Don't, don't tell keep anybody that to about it. Keep that we, we don't need to get too loud because, mm-hmm. you know, once we get too loud about things, it always seems to come back and kind of punch us. Not going to put it apart of the Super Boost either. No, 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 no. Because we don't want to make it too loud, but it seems like we're getting a, uh, a layup yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Something we should think about. The Bills bouncing off a loss. Maybe they're going to come out and go buzzsaw, so the over might hit. And it might be an over anyways because we just talked about it here. But massive snowstorms coming to the Northeast. That should affect some football. Cannot wait to chat about all things happening around the NFL. Also tonight, I want to let everybody know, 9.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Huge. The Texas men's basketball team, the Longhorns, play host in a Moody Center to the fucking Gonzaga team. This is a big matchup. Gonzaga's ranked number two in the country right now. Texas ranked 12th. I'm a coach for the Texas men's basketball team. You all know that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people in West Virginia get all mad about me being a part of their hype video. I'm a fucking coach of the team. We win national championships. I'm cutting down the fucking nets. What what do you want me to do? Sorry. I don't know, Bob Huggins. What do you want me to do? Yeah, what, do you, what do you expect? I'm a coach of the team. I'm sorry about it. I'm sorry. So, sorry that I'm going to cut down nuts at the end of the season after March Madness is all said and done. My and Coach Beards and all of us down there in Austin. That's right. Our Texas Longhorn men. The women's team going to win, too. Let's uh-huh. say, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a coach of the women's basketball team down there in Texas. I like what they're doing with their program. Oh, yeah. Keep it going, bro. I like what they're doing with the program. But I do know the men's basketball team. I, I've been a part of this men's basketball team since before they had wood on, or before they had paint on yeah. the wood on the practice facility. <laughs> long track. I've been there since the beginning with these boys. Mm-hmm. And we got a team. We got a bunch of dogs. Had some dogs last year. Made a run in the tournament or whatever in uh, Coach Beard's first year. This year, second year coming back, got two players transferred out of conference. They're a player uh, of their conferences. Yeah. Transferred in. Massive. Dogs on this Texas team. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'd say. Dogs on this. They ain't right. worried about content and everything else. These dudes are, are worried about kicking teams' asses, winning games, what? and cutting down nets. Now, right. is there a goal of the NBA at the end? I assume. But I don't. I like the attitude of that locker room that I've gotten a chance to chat to a couple times now and uh, kind of meet a little bit and walk around. Tonight we got Gonzaga. We find out who we are tonight. We found out where we are tonight. A lot of season left. Obviously, a lot of things can happen. But what are we? We find out this evening with the Texas Longhorns men basketball team taking on Gonzaga at 930 Eastern now. A little late. 
That's a little late. A little late. Can't wait, a little late. But I, I'm going to be antsy all day for that. So let's go, Texas. Hey, here we go, boys. Fuck them. Let's go, boys. Fuck them. We're cutting down nets. We're going to be fucking cutting down nets. Yeah. Talks tables here at Boston Connor at Ty Schmidt. One half of the hammer. Dan Cowboys. Town Diggs is here. And the host of Everything DB, the NFL matchup shows, the Man to Man podcast. And obviously, he's with us every single Wednesday and Thursday this particular NFL season. Ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler. Debo, we're cutting down nets at the end of the season with this Texas men basketball team. I am so pumped up about it. I've never coached a basketball team in my life. Now I'm a coach of a team that's probably going to win a national championship. Do you know how excited I am, D Butt? Hey, very much so. I saw the promo last night. Come on. Or was it this morning? It went out last night. Okay. Uh, we filmed it last Friday while we were watching Michigan State play Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was a little scout. Me and the coaches were watching that game, you know, Getting seeing ready. a lot of things. Saw a couple. Uh, I think there's a couple things that maybe we could oh. take advantage of. Okay. Okay. Uh, for those that are wondering, the Texas men's basketball team was getting a half a point this morning while I was on the treadmill. Uh, I finished my workout, hop in the shower, I come back on the other side. They are now favored by a point and a half. I don't know what happened other than that promo video maybe you have seen it. by the masses. Everybody knows that these boys are about to fly around. Right. But Texas team, this Texas team is dogs. Yeah. <laughs> you get a promo from this show, Normally. probably going to win. Normally, get I cut one for you, Con. Here we go. Yep. And we became Bo Ellington. Hey! Oh! I think Gump bet on it. So, uh, oh, yeah. Good vibes. Good vibes. I, I, I think it's we have good gone. vibes. But also, no matter what happens tonight, this is the second year in the system. We're a young team still. Exactly. We got things to go. I think we're, we're, we're going to bode well this evening whenever we play Gonzaga. But if we don't, a lot of season left. Now everybody knows Kansas is the reigning, defending, undisputed national champion. Of course. Yep. Always going to be a big dog in the dog park that is the Big 12 of basketball. Oh, yeah. Baylor has a fucking squad. Mm-hmm. The Big 12 is nothing to mess with, obviously. But our team feels good about where we're at. And tonight we're going to learn a little bit more. Yeah. And I, just, I just hope everybody gets to enjoy it. Everybody gets to kind of make some money off it by betting on Texas Longhorns tonight. You want to play a game like this this early in the season. You, know, you don't need to be beaten in carnet word by 85 points. You, you <laughs> bring, Hey, bring the top dogs no in. Bring the Zags in. You know, let's see what happens. So we beat Houston Baptist by like 54 or something. Exactly. Like that Check that off the that's list. Good, that's a good that's team. A yeah, that yeah, was yeah. different. That was good. It was good. And I got a chance to see the team, chat the team, see how everybody's doing, you know, the day after that game. Nobody was happy. Nobody was content. It was like, okay, that was practice. Mm-hmm. Now all eyes are on Wednesday night, Let's ESPN, go. primetime. We got content. We've been working our asses off in the house. 100% attendance all offseason. It's pretty good. Is that good? What's that about, huh? Is that Barry. Is that good? 100% attendance for everybody? Every single one? Bought in. Everybody's bought in. New, brand new facility, brand new practice facility, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kevin Durant's down there in the offseason shooting round, so if you go in and put extra work in, there's a chance you're going to be at the gym at the same time as arguably the greatest shooter of all uh, – Steph Curry. Uh, top three gr- shooter of all time. Yeah. Top four shooter of all – I'm not going to get in there. Yeah. <laughs> top unbelievable shooter. Unbelievable shooter. Yeah. Unbelievable <laughs> I'm not, not going to get into that argument. But I, I think what the, the culture is – and it's for the culture down there. The culture they have, a lot of extra work. The amount of hours extra that guys are putting in on their shots and everything like that, they have it all like uh, kind of tracked and talked about it. They're like, this team wants to be great. And I'm like, thank you for letting me be a part of the team. Yeah, that's right. Let's go fucking cut some nuts, boys. Here we go. Oh, damn right. And they know, I told them this last time I chatted with them, we cut down the nets at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Every player on the team is getting thirty-five grand. So we talked about it on this show before. A little sweetener. That was an announcement that was made by me in the team meeting uh, on Friday. And was I prepared going in there to do that? No. But after I looked around, I saw the boys, 
And who knows with NIL deals if that's even an amount of money for all those right. guys. But hey, a little cherry on top for some of the dudes that are in that's there. Right. Maybe if they're doing that, I don't know how college basketball NIL is. But I let them know. Hey, we cut down nets. Not only are we going to have a memory forever, not only are you going to be, you know, stapled into this institution's history forever, your names will be on the wall like these guys. Not only that, but also just a little extra jingling in your pocket. Yeah, for that's right. Place. It doesn't hurt. Why not have a little good time on your way yeah. out there? So let's go. Let's, tonight isn't end-all, be-all, but tonight's a big night for the Texas men's mm-hmm. basketball team, and I'm excited to watch along from home out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Season starts tonight, and like they say in Texas, you got to trust the climb. I mean, this is only their second season, so Coach Beard, he's going to get the boys on the right path at some yeah. point during this season. Also, are the two chains for a little extra mojo? Because I see you got two on. Not so just I did one it last today. week, too. I, don't, I did it a couple times last week out of nowhere. Oh. Mm-hmm. To be clear, I lost the smaller one uh, for a while. Rest mm-hmm. in peace to this one for a long time. Yeah. Found it. It was in the bathroom in here. Really? Oh. Yeah, so... <laughs> So one day last week, I just tossed it on as well. And this morning, same type of situation. After workout, I seen him like, welcome back. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah, I haven't yeah. seen him in a while. So maybe it is a little extra mojo. Maybe I'm trying to send a little golden vibes down there to yeah. Austin, Texas, which is an over two-hour flight. Yeah, it's a far yeah. one. I was Woo. thinking about going down to the game tonight with a lot of traveling. I mean, that's four <laughs> hours of flight on a Wednesday, let alone go to Montana on Friday exactly. and everything else you got going on. So I apologize. I'm going to miss it. But the corral, the student section down there, those motherfuckers are going to be bonkers, mm-hmm. dude. The boys know you'll be there in spirit. You'd be there in spirit. Hell yeah. Losing mm-hmm. an hour traveling, too. You They'll, can't have that. On hell yeah. They'll probably play that video, too. It's like you are there. What you've done for those boys. All right. <laughs> right man for the job, yeah, pal. Right. Job. Tyler Foxy, too. Michigan State got a big win. Huge job. So, Michigan State almost beat Gonzaga on the uh, carrier yep. Yep. on Lost Friday. By mm-hmm. Lost by one. And they weren't ranked. Not no. Michigan State wasn't even ranked. They were in this uh, on this in this in game strictly because Izzo's there. And he's, yep. you know, it's January, wow. February, Izzo, uh, April. April. That's what they say, <laughs> Michigan right. State or whatever. Yeah. Hell yeah. So they were in this thing, and they were the only ones that weren't ranked. Yeah. Like they were yeah. the only ones that were invited. Which out. is really unusual for Michigan State, by the way. Yeah, not being ranked. Right. I, I found it to be alarming. So mm-hmm. the people that are putting together this specialty game here on the Air Force carrier on Veterans Day or whatever. Yep. So dope too. they dope. give Gonzaga yeah. a game. That dope. Yeah. Awesome. Unbelievable. Great. Not out at sea, too, so the floor isn't shaking. Oh, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure the breeze was something. I'm sure there oh, was yeah. a little I'm something. sure it's very weird playing on those. Uh, Got to be, yeah. We talked about that, uh, us coaches of the Texas men's sure. basketball team, because <laughs> sure. we were watching that game. Yep. We talked about it. They're talking about how um, when you get March Madison here, some of the stadiums. The depth perception. He's like, that. they were talking about how that's something, like, you have to address. Like, mm-hmm. in, in practice, in the walkthroughs, in the yep. shoot-arounds, like, you might you might take some time away from doing something else and be like, hey, get your shots up. Get We need to get as comfortable with this as possible because of the backdrop of it all. Mm-hmm. And when I was uh, at Texas the first time, their practice facility didn't have the paint on the wood, but I was shooting on their hoops. I had no idea where I was. Yeah. I, mm. Looking back on it now, I think I was pulling up from half court a few times <laughs> after now that I've been down there. Mm-hmm. And then there's a couple of times where you think you're at NBA three might be at like high school three. You mm-hmm. don't really know. So it kind of fucks with your depth perception a little bit. So I can see how the stadiums could do that. I assume out on the, uh, on a dock of a bay, oh, there's yeah. probably a little bit of that problem as well. Yeah. But nonetheless, Michigan State gets a big win last night over yeah. Duke. Kentucky. Kentucky, Kentucky yeah. Double Ooh. overtime. It was pretty crazy. Michigan State's going to be uh, ranked, we assume, here? Oh, yeah, I would oh, assume yeah. so. It has to be. Not going to be ranked as high as Texas after what happens. <laughs> yeah, but they'll be on the way. Taking on number two team tonight. Good luck to Michigan State. Uh, good luck to Texas. Hey, boys, tonight's not net-cutting night, so let's not get crazy, but it is nut-cutting night. Goddamn right. right. Okay, tonight we find out who we are. That's right. Let's start this thing. Let's go cut some nets, boys. Here we go. Welcome. Okay.
Welcome. All right, let's talk about some NFL stuff. We got Andrew and James joining us in about five minutes or so. His football life will debut on NFL Network on Friday. Cannot wait for everybody to see that. Obviously, he's already written a book called From Gold Teeth to Gold Jacket, My Life in Football and Business. I assume the book is going to have a lot of the stories visualized for the football life. Incredible tale of a man that was literally a badass and also one of the hardest working people of all time and took care of a lot of people. Cannot wait to chat with him in about five minutes. Cannot wait for the world to learn more about him with his football life coming out on Friday. Patrick Peter and fresh off the game ender uh, game ending pick in Buffalo this past weekend will join us in the second hour D butts obviously here all day might have another surprise guest from the WWE Ooh. at some point Ooh. yeah uh, there's a canned food drive happening this weekend at the Ohio State Maryland game that a player former player who is now WWE superstar runs together uh, he's been doing it for like six years or whatever hoping to make it as big as possible anything to make the world a better place we're about and also if we don't get a chance to chat with him for whatever reason his schedule is hey uh, top dollar good shit this weekend maybe hey, top he used to play at Maryland, uh, played in the NFL for the Dolphins, I believe, and for the Giants a little bit. Uh, now he's WWE superstar Top Dollar. AJ Francis, I think, is his uh, birth name, original name. Top Dollar is the only thing I know him as. Yeah. He's a rapper, big guy, big, strong guy, beats the fuck out of people mm-hmm. on SmackDown. Also, a good human for the community and a great. Great personality. Uh, hopefully, we'll get to chat with him. And nonetheless, let's go ahead and dive into some stuff. Uh, Darius Leonard has had successful back surgery, which is hopefully going to cure his ankle issue he's had going on. This Indianapolis Colts team is certainly a fascinating conversation. And also with uh, Shaq Leonard, the for- artist formerly known as Darius Leonard. Yep. Shaq Leonard, known as Darius Leonard at the time, which was last season, was almost up for the defensive MVP, fucking one of the best players in all of football. He's a game changer. Every time he was on the field, there was a good chance that the ball was going to get turned over, whether it was a punch, whether mm-hmm. it was a pick. He was a playmaker, a game wrecker. Then he gets a back surgery to hopefully fix an ankle problem that he's had for a couple years, and we all assume he's going to come into the season and be better than ever. And if you look at our roster, including Shaq Leonard, you're like, God damn, the Colts are going to go win a Super Bowl. The Colts with Matt Ryan are going to be better than the Colts with Carson Wentz. Then the way the season started, Shaq wasn't playing much. He seemed to have lost his confidence. He was still going through it. Obviously now we know that because he's had to get another surgery. And the Colts have been a big fat dud there for a bit. Fire Frank Reich. Bring in Jeff Saturday. They're undefeated. Damn shame we don't get to see Shaq Leonard the rest of the year. Damn shame the NFL doesn't get to experience the maniac on Sundays because of how electrifying he is as a football player. But the Colts seem to have something going. Am I jumping to conclusions too quick? Or is there a chance that all those hopes and dreams we had going into the season have been kind of refreshed and reborn with Jeff Saturday taking the helm? And am I right for doing that? Darius Butler, also former yeah. Colt player, <laughs> who has been following along with this team pretty closely. I mean, we're obviously very, very close to the situation. So Very close, uh, yeah. Very biased. Joe Thomas, Bill Cowher felt that. (laughs) Very biased, very (laughs) optimistic. And and you got to be after what we saw for the first half of the season from the Colts, obviously with the high expectations coming in. But now it's like, you know, it's it's fresh blood. You got Parks Frazier calling plays, dialing up, um, similar to Texas. Got a nice little practice, little warm-up against the Raiders. Now we got the big dogs, the Eagles coming in. But I'm excited, man. I was more excited about that Colts kickoff last week than I was any previous game this year. So I'm excited. Love what Jeff is doing so far. Be interested to hear, you know, Edge's uh, POV because he went out to Vegas for that game. But I- I'm excited about it. I love it. I am too. I'm pumped up about the roster. Everything we have bodes Jonathan well Taylor. for football yeah. that matters. Yes. Mm-hmm. If that offensive line can play like they played 
Against the Raiders, yeah. like they played last year, like they have not played this year mm-hmm. at all coming into the season. We can run the ball. Jonathan Taylor got AFC Offensive mm-hmm. Player of the, the Week, week or yeah. whatever. Congrats, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. And going into the season, we assumed this was going to be every uh-huh. week because of how this motherfucker ran last year with the team only getting better. And you would think Matt Ryan would have been putting him in positions yep. to run even better. So when that didn't happen, we're all kind of heartbroken. And that's why whenever you bring in a new coach, as opposed to somebody that's already on the staff that has proven that they can't do whatever the fuck we all expected they were going to do this year. And then they have a win, they have success, it's hard not to get excited. And for you talking about you watching this game and getting excited for kickoff, me too. The Packers and Cowboys was an incredible game, but I was watching every single minute. (laughs) It was hard not to, for me, as a Colts fan who has followed this team very closely, had high hopes, it was hard not to watch every snap and be like, Okay, it seems like they're alive. Yeah. Seems like they Bad. care. Seems like they're giving a little bit of, you know, effort and is it because Jeff Saturday's there? If any new coach comes in there, is there a new effort? Is there a honeymoon phase? I I think this is the week, really. We see what Jeff Saturday's input is, what the culture is going to be like going forward. And it is a damn shame, though, that Shaq Leonard is not playing because that motherfucker was electrifying to watch on a football field and obviously would make us better. Yeah, and who knows if he was any other coach, but I feel like it means more because he is part of the Colts' ring of honor and he's Mm -hmm. like a legend for that team. So when those players, you know, hear him say stuff, for instance, if he said anything to the O-line as a former, you know, O-line, who established who the Colts were? It feels like it would mean more. And also for Matt Ryan to sit out a week, like how big, that was probably the first time in his entire life where he's been benched yeah, like and two, wasn't three. playing. Yeah, yeah so it's been multiple was, weeks. Yeah, I mean that's huge for him. I feel like, and that kind of probably revitalized him. Like Von Miller talked about being traded and kind of revitalizing how you feel and you know your game almost. I bet being benched might be similar for Matt Ryan just because he was what the number two overall pick. Maybe every year. Uh, he just got uh, traded this season too, though. Yeah, so if he yeah, didn't have yeah. that fresh feeling or whatever, but he might have been able to try to continue to learn the playbook and learn what people are doing and learn what they're liking. And I assume Jeff Saturday went to Matt Ryan and was like, hey, what do you like? What do you not like? What is easy? What is not easy? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that Frank didn't do that, but Frank's calling plays, so Frank probably has a vision of what he would like it to be. Jeff's not calling plays, so Jeff is just like, I just want us to fucking Mm -hmm. execute whatever we're (laughs) we're going to put in. I would like us to execute as opposed to Frank, who's like, if we do this, we can do this, we can do this. And once again, this is not a shot of Frank. I'm just saying whenever the play caller isn't the head coach, there's a different view of things. Like the head coach just wants the shit to look good, be good, what is our best shit? Mm -hmm. Where the play caller is like, Mm -hmm. well, we have to do this because if we do this, it does this. It kind of a degree of separation has been good for the Colts. They got the Eagles coming off a loss. What does that mean? Who knows? But if Jeff Saturday wins, hey, man, if the Colts beat the Eagles, I wish the fucking Eagles would have won over the Commanders. Same. Even though we had Taylor Heineke on yesterday, he was awesome. I hope he enjoyed his zins. I hope he yeah, had a great I'm night. Sure he did. But yeah. I do not yeah. love the fact that the Eagles' first loss happened to be six days before we're playing them. Yeah. But I don't think this Colts team is going to be scared at all of anything. And we have a recipe to win games when it matters. We can run, and our defense is good. Yep. And that is December, January, and hopefully February style of football. And if Jeff can find it, let's go. I love go. the truth. Fan coming out of you. <laughs> <laughs> back, baby. What's that? Like you're very excited. Yeah. Like you're the, like a true fan of the team. And then when they get beat by thirty, it's gonna fucking break your heart. <laughs> to the Eagles, you think, oh, dude? I don't like that. <laughs> dude, I don't like that they lost to the Commanders oh, it's never at good. all. I like that's, it. That's not good. It's I don't. Because, it gave us a little blueprint. They didn't play great against the the Texans, so you're like, and then if they didn't play great against the Commanders, but got the win, then mm-hmm. the like the. Let me tell you how I feel. Now. I feel like it's first week of season. 
I got back into that. We talk about this going into the season. Sure. We're like, Lions fans right now mm-hmm. have all the hope because on paper, maybe this is the year we Hell go 10-7 yeah. and seven and make a playoff game. <laughs> when Jeff Saturday got hired, I got a chance to take a trip right back to that oh, yeah. point. I'm there like, everybody's still on paper on that roster. Whole new vibe coming into the building. It's almost like it was week one last week, and I think that's how a lot of Colts fans are talking. That's why this weekend against you sold out. There's no way that game sold <laughs> no, out. No, 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 no way no. that game sold out if Frank Reich is still the coach or whatever. It's like we all feel that way, and we might get our fucking hearts broken, okay? The Eagles might come in off a loss <laughs> do what the Eagles did to everybody else beforehand, but I like this Colts team. Joining us now is a man who is synonymous with Colts success. He's a Hall of Famer, Ring of Honor member. He's an author who wrote the book, From Gold Teeth to Gold Jacket, a story of his life in football and business. Not only is he an incredible football player, obviously, he was an incredible teammate. Everybody loved him. Great businessman, and... uh to be honest, I'm incredibly honored that he's on the show right now. A man who was in Las Vegas for Jeff Saturday's debut as a head coach for the Indianapolis Colts, former teammate of Jeff Saturday, legend around Indianapolis and the NFL as a whole. Ladies and gentlemen, Edrin J. Yeah. Yo, what's up? What's up? What's going on? Edge, what's going on, man? And obviously there, uh, hello. How, how you doing, Edge? Uh, where are you right now, Edge? You down in Florida? You back home? You've been traveling a little bit? What's going on? I'm in, I'm in, Cali- I'm in California. I'm in California. I go back to Florida tomorrow. So, been a West Coast run. Okay, so we saw you at the Raiders game, and we'll dive into the football life, which debuts Friday at 9 p.m. on NFL Network. Can't wait for the world to learn more about you. You're one of the most interesting and fascinating people of all time, I think, honestly, but in all good ways, not in bad ways. Everything's good, but let's talk about it. I appreciate that. Hey, no problem. Let's go to Las Vegas, though, real quick. Why did you feel like you uh, should go to that game, and what were your thoughts when Jeff Saturday was hired, and what are your thoughts now after one week of watching him work, former teammate of yours? Well, the hire, I'm I'm like everybody else. I was surprised about the hire, but I love it. You know, I think about – I think – Man, this is a miracle, man. You know, everything, we we, we create the life we want to live. Every, there's no rules. There's no right or wrong way. I know a lot of people like to, like to go a traditional way. But, man, some things, you have to, you just feel it. And I think Mr. Urza, he just felt it. But he has some insurance because he got two head coaches on his staff. So he has everything protected. So it wasn't something that, would, that, that seems unusual. You need somebody that could grab those guys and, you know, get the guys – um, heading in the right direction, but they actually have a good team. The roster is a is a pretty good team, so I'm not surprised, and I'm happy that it happened. And as far as me going to Vegas to support, man, that's my teammate, man. And anytime you get one of yours, I always think it's important to get up there and get behind him because you know that's my uh, the organization has always been good to me. Just sat as a friend, and you want to see him have success, you know. And anything you can do, you always want to support, and you have to get behind them. And I love the move. I love what Saturday did. He brought something to that team that obviously it was missing. And now we just want to see how it goes. You feeling obligated to go support him is the reason why every human that has ever worked with you or played on the same team as you fucking loves you. Uh, I can't wait for the world to learn more about that <laughs> on Friday. When did, did you talk to Jeff before the game, and did he seem like the same old Jeff? Was there ever a moment where you thought he was nervous? Did he seem confident? What was it like uh, as former old friend, former teammate of his, watching him get ready for his head coaching debut? No, I just called him, congratulated him, told him good luck. That's all, that's all you need. It's, it's football. You know, any football player knows that you have a routine. And a lot of times you can sit up and say you don't have experience in other things, but 
But your experience is being a football player, being out there ever since you was eight years old. You understand what it takes. And if you've been around great coaches, you adapt a lot of their habits. And in the conversation, even when Jeff was talking to the team, I heard a little Tom Moore come out of here. I heard a little Tony. You can start seeing a lot of those coaches that you've been around in the locker room. You start hearing some of their quotes, and that was pretty interesting. So a guy like that, he's picked up so much from some of the great coaches, and all he did was just kick it down to those players. And when I heard him say, who goes the hardest, the longest, will win, and that was Tom Moore. <laughs> so it was great. You know what I'm so it's, it's fun to be in there, and, man, I'm excited for him, and, Hey man, this the this part of the new wave or how you do things. You got to have that it factor. It's not so much of experience; it's the it factor. Yeah, Jeff Saturday got it. It could be the next blueprint too, which is what a lot of people, you know, just couldn't even fathom whenever they were losing their mind about him getting hired over the other head coaches that you had mentioned on his staff there. Um, you know, whenever he gave out the victory Monday too, I was like, how? That's the first thing he oh, thought man. of. Yeah, yeah, first thing he thought of when <laughs> we win. You gotta love that. Yeah, yeah. Every player loves Victory Monday, man. It's November, Victory Monday. But hey, that, hey, Pat, that might be the new formula. Get get some new get, get some former coaches to be your assistants and get some guys that can just rally the troops yeah. as the one that gets in front of the microphone. Let the coaches coach on the offense and the defense and let let the Saturday get up there and get the guys together because the guys need to be pulled together. And, and sometimes you get certain people that can pull them together. And Saturday, he, Saturday reaches everybody. And I think that's what Jeff was known as as a player. I was there towards the tail end of the run. Never got to be teammates with your uh, of yours, which is a damn shame because I – you know, the stories I hear, you're fucking legendary, dude. You need to know that you already man, know we that. have fun, man. We yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got to have fun. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. I, I, does the NFL life dive into that a little bit, or, or what do you think? No, nah, I don't go into that, but it's um. So that means we have more to, more, more to tell. You know, we didn't get it all. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have more, so, hey. Tell, tell one of the other big networks or somebody who wants to do something even bigger. We still have more room. There's more to edge. Yeah, I don't think that would, I, that would have to be a 55-piece documentary from what I've been told to really cover. A the docu-series. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what is it about Jonathan Taylor uh, you think that makes him a great running back? And why do you think he came back this week? Is that all offensive line? Is it him getting confident again? Is it the way Jeff had strategy? And do you talk to Jonathan Taylor much? He just won AFC Offensive Player of the Week. Yeah. Had a baby first time yeah. all year. We're happy for him. What is your relationship w- with him like, and why do you think he had such a big weekend? Well, Jonathan Taylor, he's a football player. He loves the game. That's the one thing that stands out. He loves the game. I talked to him a little bit before the game, and you can see he's into it. He's studying his plays. He's making sure he's going over all the things he, that he needs to for the game, and that's always a good sign. He's not just going out there reacting. He's actually preparing. And I think that ankle injury just held him back a little bit in, um, in the previous games, and then he knew it's time to get out there. And one thing they did that, that stood out to me was they simplified everything. And when you simplify, you just play and react. You're going to play faster. You're going to play better. And I think that's what a lot of people don't really understand that happened this past week with the coach. You know, they simplified things. Jeff Saturday, he went in there just, hey, let's just get down to what we need to get down to, simplify it, and let's just let your talent do what the talent is supposed to do. Less thinky, more athlete takeover right. That's what Sirianni said in his opening mm-hmm. press conference with the Philadelphia Eagles. He yeah. said, hey, my motto is less thinking – more athlete take ovary and everybody was like this guy's a fucking doofus and then it was like no nah, well, <laughs> uh, we, didn't, 
What I mean, why, why, why go get a great, why go get a great player and then you make him have to do all this thinking? Let him just do what he does. You know, that's the game. The game is not as complicated as people make it. You know, if I'm better than you, I'm going to show you I'm better than you. But if I have to think about all these different things I have to do, you have an advantage. Yeah. Well, why don't you be, hey, you're going to be, uh, <laughs> oh, nah, nah, nah. Nah. you got too many jobs. You got too many hats, too many hats already, including an incredible nah, father. I want to have fun. I, I want to have fun. I don't want to stress part of the job. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's hard to have a good time whenever you're the head coach because at some point an L is coming and they're going to expect you to be miserable all the time regardless or not. D-Butt has a question for you, Edge. Hey, Edge, what's up, man? What up? What's happening? Obviously, great, great football player on the field, and they'll dive into that more on uh, Friday. But off the field, you know, you've been incredible business-wise. Was it somebody, you know, who, who showed you a bunch of game and kind of brought you under the wing, or was that more trial and error for you once you transition out of the game, which is tough for guys? A lot of trial and error, and I just love I love the business game. It's, it's just another sport, and but this one don't end. You can't get fired from this one. You yeah. can't get too old for this. So this right here is forever, you know. So and I love that game, and and it's something exciting, and it, and every day, you know, it's game on every day. You gotta love it. Do you enjoy um, the negotiations and all that? What 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 type of? Because I I know. Hey, I thought one of your businesses was going to hold the gold jacket from you, but instead it's blossomed. You've made a bunch of money off it, and you got into Hall of Fame. But you have a diverse portfolio of businesses that you're into. Is it just every day, kind of open mind, whatever shows up? Or do you have, like, set blueprints on what you're trying to follow, where you're trying to get to? I think it's, it's, it evolves around free time and fun. You know, things that you're having fun, things you don't mind doing. You know, those are the things you're looking for. If there's an opportunity, you know, you're always looking for, okay, there's an opportunity here. There's an opportunity there. So I'm just open to everything. I think just doing one thing all the time is kind of boring. So it's it's more of um, it's like a, a mixture of making funds but having fun. So it's, it has to have both of those in, in the mix. Bars. Hey, maybe we get into rapping <laughs> yeah. next. Uh, Ty has a question for you, Edge. Go ahead, Ty. Edge, going into the Hall of Fame recently, I assume you did a lot of reflecting then, but when you're going through your football life and, and you're kind of, you know, mapping that out, is there anything from your career that you, like, you know, maybe gets lost in the shuffle and you forgot, like, oh, man, I was really fucking nice and I forgot that I did this? Or is it the kind of thing where because you just went into the Hall of Fame, you kind of had all that reflection and, you know, I mean, you're a Hall of Famer, so obviously you know how good you were. I mean, you you, you lived it, you know, so you lived it and you just, just go through it and you'd be like, man, this right here was actually pretty dope. But when you start looking at the football life, it starts to bring back, you know, a lot that it took to actually get there. And it's like, man, you know, I could have had more yards or I could have done this. So, I, you know, it's all those things you look at, but... And the bottom line, it, it comes down to it really didn't matter because you still got to where you wanted to get to, and the story is going to be what it's going to be. I love the uh, the Hall of Fame whenever you told the story about going out with everybody and driving everybody, and they thought you were drinking, and then you drop everybody off at the houses or whatever at 2.30, then you're going into the gym. You're getting another hour in afterwards. It was like, hey, you were out and about with that crowd. You were able to build up the chemistry with your teammates. You were able to build up the camaraderie, but then you're also putting in the work of the people who are robots and can't necessarily do that. You're an anomaly, dude. I hope you know that I can't wait to watch NFL films and, and kind of see even more of it. Tone Diggs has a question for you, Edge. Edge, does the football life dive right. into your uh, time at the U? And obviously you said you're not going to be coaching, so you're not going to go coach the U. But what uh, former teammate, what former U player should be the head coach of the U to turn that thing around? Uh, well, we have a coach right now. We have a staff that's um, put together. So it's just a matter of us getting the right players 
So we have to um, see this thing through right now. We're just not getting started, so we can't jump. Can't jump. Shit <laughs> hey, they like stink. That. Oh, no. to hey, hey they stink. We, Say every. We have to get players. <laughs> you have to. You have to get players. College football is about players. If we can keep South Florida players in South Florida, Man. we'll win. Na- we'll win national championships every year. That's the problem. <laughs> Everybody's coming and picking our product. <laughs> Hey, like the, we we mold we mold them at the youth football and we do real well with them in high school and then the big schools come and drop that bag on them and, and take them from us. Yeah, no, you need to get that guy that Shapiro. was doing the yeah, yeah. Shapiro. We need to get uh, Shapiro back in there. Yes, yeah, so, yes, yeah, so, Shapiro. He's doing time and now. Vacation. <laughs> hey, now that I'm part of the college football world and I get to hear the conversations behind the scenes, you know, for college game day, it's like the thoughts on what uh, Cristobal was going to do and also the assistant from Michigan who was the best assistant in all of college yeah. football last year. Back, we're going to do this whole thing. Cristobal is hired, another assistant coach is hired, they got guys. And then like five, six weeks into it, they're like, did they make a massive mistake? <laughs> is Miami ever going to win again? It's crazy to hear how the conversation goes in college football. But if Miami can be back, that's great yep. for all oh, of college yeah. football. I hope it happens. I hope. Ed yeah, you have, to, you have to get players. You can't. You can't just bring it. You can't just bring in coaches and think it's going to actually change everything. You still need players. You have to get players. We yeah. need to get the players. Yeah. Well, hey, fi- is Ed Reed going to figure it out? I think so. Right. Ed will figure it out. Well, Ed's, Ed's a great football mind. So you have you have all you have a bunch of football people on there. You have people that knows the game inside out, but you don't have the people that know how to do the things that it takes to be great. So once you get those type of players, then it all come together. But as long as you have one without the other, University of Miami will still have the same issues. All right, let's figure that out. Let's get yeah. both sides yeah. together. Come then. on, yeah. Connor, your question yeah. for Edge. Edge, it feels like this year more than ever, there's a lot of debate going on about the grass versus turf fields. Did you feel strongly about that at all while you were playing, and do you prefer playing on grass like it seems most players do? I, I really don't. I really – me, and this is me personally. I come from Mockley, Florida. We don't really have much. So grass, football, concrete, dirt, mud, <laughs> doesn't matter. Football. I'm talking about it's about it's about bottom line. Like they used to play that. It's like turf. playing the game. Like, man, we're warriors, man. So whatever they put out there, I'm gonna make it I'll make it work. I think I watched on uh, on your Instagram at Edrin James, which is an incredible follow. Uh, you going back to the your home where you were born and raised, and then that field that was out in front of where all the uh, the house where you stayed, I think, and that whole thing is that a lot of the NFL life. Were you filming that? And those were the things that I was seeing on your Instagram. Was it a football life that was being filmed? And is that a part of the? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. But they they um saw some of it and they used some of it, so it actually worked out. But but that was um. It, it all came together, so we was we was a little bit ahead of our time. Yeah, you were like filming it. He was like shooting a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff for his Instagram. It was like high level shit was being shot, and I'm like, what's going on here? And then we thought there was a potential doc, and now the football life's coming out. It's like you have a bunch of footage already that I assume they wouldn't be able to get. It's I can't wait for Friday night. I can't thank you enough for joining us. I hope life is good over there on the West Coast and safe travels back to Florida. All right, man. Thanks for having me. Anytime, man. Hey, you're a fucking author too, dude. Let's not. You know what I mean? You're writing books. That's dude. what I'm talking about. Now we need to win. Now we need to win an Emmy. I can be an author, an Emmy, and then I'm out here doing a little acting roles. Oh. Right? Oh. <laughs> All right, Edge, do your thing, ladies and gentlemen, Edger and James. Yeah. All right, thanks for having me. Thank you. Hilarious human. Yeah, legend. The the stories around the building. 
about Edron James. I mean, the best one I think that was made public that doesn't get talked about nearly enough is the preseason game that was going to be held in Japan. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> it was a preseason game that needed like an 11-hour flight and Oof. then an 11-hour flight uh-huh. back and then ended up making like negative $2,000 because <laughs> of, of the preseason check plus, plus the taxes. And Edge has always been very businessman. Like, I don't think you're going to see Edge in Japan. <laughs> Edge actually said that like to the media. Then he had a hamstring that popped up like two days beforehand. He, he couldn't practice two days beforehand. Uh, and he referenced a restaurant, you know, being as close as he's going to get to Japan, this training camp. <laughs> and then the NFL, like, had to, like, hey, Edge, you, you, Come on. you have to go. Mm-hmm. We'll do this whole thing. They, so they, they had to negotiate with Edge to get him to go. The NFL had to negotiate with Edge to get him to go. He to, ended up going? Yeah, they, oh. but it, was, it wasn't. Oh, he didn't play. It, it was, he did not play. Yeah. And it was not standard terms that happened. That's and terrible. It, it was like, that's this guy, though, that he talked about in the Hall of Fame speech about how, you know, gold jacket or gold teeth, dreads, the way people would, like, initiate conversations with him or how they would talk to him, he would, like, take advantage of that, basically, because inside he had this executive mm-hmm. brain mm-hmm. that was basically happening. And uh, you learn a lot about people whenever you get to chat with them, and then all of a sudden it would come to, like, negotiation time or chit-chat time, and Edge would be like, didn't you? Uh... And then boom. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. And it was like, uh, all right, well, we're dealing with the fuck. We apologize for it. Yeah. We apologize yeah. for not uh, misread that one. Yeah, we apologize. <laughs> Probably had to do with that. Got to do with that. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I, I mean, I don't have uh, gold teeth or dreads. I do wear a tank top in most yeah. negotiations. So <laughs> it is. All, I enjoy. Um, and this happens a lot still to this day, and it's, it's probably a pretty accurate assessment, but I have pretty good observation skills, I think. Uh, I, I love it. If somebody thinks that I'm the dumbest person in the room, I enjoy it a lot. You learn a lot about people whenever they yep. think you're the dumbest person in there. So the things that people will say, they won't even think like, oh, he won't even think of this or whatever. And then like 20 minutes later, actual words come that came out of your mouth. Didn't you just say... I did say that. Oh, shit, he's not a dipshit. Okay, cool. Yeah, no big deal that you did that, but we were in a much different place now than we just were 20 minutes ago or whatever, so I enjoy it. But Edge is definitely an inspiration of mine. I think his football life is going to be awesome. Yeah. I don't like I don't like football lives at Friday at 9, though. Yeah, interesting time slot they chose. I don't know. I, I, is it always? Is it always? Yeah. So. Yeah. I usually just watch those on demand because I'll yeah. forget too, like the, yeah. some of the ones they have. And if you go and you know whatever uh, like cable provider you have or whatever, you, uh, some of the the football lives that they had that I never even knew they filmed or seen. Same. That's my are thing. incredible. Yeah, I'll see a clip on like Twitter or something, and it'll be like, "This is from a football life of some player." I'm like, "They did a football life? On- yeah. yeah. How do I not even? How do I not know that that happened? I feel like I hope we're getting ahead of it now. There's going to be clips that are going to come from this Edron James one that people are going to be like. Who the fuck is this guy? It's like, this is a guy that is maybe one of the most entertaining people of all yeah. time, who's an incredible businessman, great football player, beloved by everybody. Yep. So it's like, that's, that's a one of one there. If he was getting into TV, he'd be the best person on TV if he wanted to be. But he doesn't because, you know, the fun's got to match the fun. You that's know right. I mean? He's just living his life. The best. Great father, too. He, he, there's a lot of, if you follow his Instagram, him and his kids, and then the community. He takes care of an entire community basically every single summer. It's like a camp, like a football camp that he runs every single day on his property in Orlando. Yep. It is – he's fucking an unbelievable human being. I cannot wait uh, to kind of see the clips from Friday night. That's kind of what stands out, honestly, the most about him for me. Uh, growing up, you know, being a kid from South Florida, being a U.N. fan, but then seeing him obviously do what he did on the football field. But we know a lot of mutual people, but how – 
what you just said, how he treats like everybody, you know, regardless if it's, you know, Jim Ursay or anyone else, like he treats everyone with that same respect. So that, that, that obviously goes beyond everything else. For me. He opened an adult ballet. Yeah. <laughs> Is that right? While he was a Hall of Fame it's finalist. Awesome. And I said, all right, well, I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. we're going to see, you know, because these are media people voting in there. I believe his adult ballet has grown. They have multiple places. Yeah. <laughs> good, okay. business, good business. Good business. Yeah, agency, restaurant, bars, and adult. I mean, he has turned it into a full Good business. He's turned it into a full yeah. business. And he got into the Hall of Fame as well because you can't deny shit, can't fucking deny Edge's talent or whatever. I yeah. hope people do watch that too because, like, younger NFL fans now, or even like kids who are in high school, I feel like you just, it was like, oh, you know, Peyton Manning yeah. was running the Colts. Like, people forget how, you know, I was only like 10, 11, 12, mm-hmm. you know, in that age range when he was, you know, really going. But, he was unbelievable. I mean, he was like that really like first wave of you know guys we see now like McCaffrey, guys who were yep. explosive who could catch it out of the backfield. And it seemed like every time he got the Marshall ball, it's too. like yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. They, tra- they got rid of Marshall yeah. to draft him. Content machine. Mm-hmm. If he was around in the social media, not just his highlights because he'll make cuts that just people freak. <laughs> see you later. Yeah. But then his interviews, just like. The clips, clips with the clips. Yeah. He would have been a social media monster. Because I think his rookie year, I think he rushed for like fifteen hundred yards. Literally. Like he came in and yeah, you know just like right off the bat, I was like, oh, this guy's fucking unbelievable. You asked him about the turf. I, they were playing that old, yeah, the yeah. old shitty turf. one. Yeah. It's at the RCA dome here. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of Astro turf fields that you know guys just played on. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, hey, safer. What's the hashtag? Safer fields. Uh, I'm with it. Whatever it is, I'm Tony. With didn't you get injured on a turf field a couple years ago out here? Here? Yeah. Yeah. It didn't fucking stop me from playing though. <laughs> hey, Amen. That's right. That's right. Fucking, That's was great. that work? Was that work the next day? I'm a big proponent of putting good grass field in everywhere. No, actually, you're right. I fucking i I did a few segments <laughs> and then I fucking had a bad play and I fucking left. But I did come back for the last segment of the show. What? what? I don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what you're I mean, talking. I know what you're trying to Tony. do, but that made no sense, Tony. <laughs> I didn't. Oh, he left the game, but then he came yeah. back in at the yeah. end. Yeah, I don't remember the though, what you're I don't remember what you're We were playing catch on a football field and I fucking broke my foot. Oh, that was in Georgia. Yeah, that was natural grass in the no, uh, in Centennial Park. That, but no, this was here in uh, <laughs> No, that was when he was doing parkour. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He was doing extreme walking. Oh. Yeah, yeah. In Georgia. <laughs> Very early on here we went to go to a field you were getting some punts in. Oh yeah, that high school. Yeah. I ran a fucking sweet fade route and fell. Yeah, I do remember that. Fell <laughs> <laughs> fell and broke your foot. <laughs> <laughs> well no, I, I fucking high pointed it and came down on it wrong. Oh yeah. Do you still make the catch up? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Touchdown. <laughs> Was there any sound on the way down? I don't remember. Yeah, squealed. Hey! <laughs> what? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> the stories oh. from Peyton, too. Like, I think that's my favorite part of the football life stuff, is that you get to hear guys teammates. who are in the locker room with them. Yeah, teammates talk about them. Like, that is the best part for yeah, me. Yeah, it should be fun. Friday night at 9. I don't know how many people are going to watch it, but let's get that thing on demand. DVR. Let's DVR. make sure we see it mm-hmm. later. Let's get clips run on this particular program. If it means anything, you can watch Young Rock and then switch right over because it's 8.30 to 9. 
Well, I got to watch my tribal chief. I, I <laughs> wish I could watch Young Rock, but come on. All right, let's talk about some more NFL stuff. Our true tribal chief. Uh, Justin Jefferson's gloves and arm sleeve have been sent to mm-hmm. Canton to the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. I enjoy the thought that since it is a one of the greatest catches of all time, this morning I heard people debating whether it was OBJ's catch or Justin oh, Jefferson's catch, his greatest catch of all time. Now, Justin Jefferson's catch, I understand, was a fourth and 18 in a big-time game in week nine or week 10 of the – week 10 – Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God! It's yeah, we're moving. 11. I know. Week ten Enjoy. of it. We need to. Yeah. We need to. Every it's snowing week. out. Week ten of the NFL season in a massive game. I think it's a big catch. Odell Beckham Jr. was Monday Night Football. Incredible touch. I think it's tough to judge against Super Bowl catches because, yeah. like, Super Bowl catches is like, super, it's Super Bowl. Hundreds of millions of people are seeing it. It's for the big ones. So, like, Santonio Holmes is catching a corner huge. Mm-hmm. Julian Edmonds catch against Atlanta Falcons huge. Oh, but whenever you talk about just pure skill, Man. this fucking catch needs to go at the top of the list with every single one of them. It's hard to say this is the greatest catch of all time because it wasn't in the Super Bowl or in the playoffs, but it was a fourth down. It was a gotta have it. And he defied physics with his big fucking strong mitts and made an incredible play right between Lewis Eyes fucking hands. Now, the glove that he's wearing. That one up in hey, it was almost like the DeAndre Hopkins situation. Yeah, yeah, where he went up in between like you see his glove go Mm -hmm. up in between everybody and get make the catch. It was almost like that. Uh, His sleeve and glove going to Canton, going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, They put and what do they say? Just great catch. Yeah, Yeah. awesome. Fourth and eighteen. Awesome gloves and sleeve. Possibly greatest catch. And then they run the video, and then it's probably right next to Odell's, whose glove is probably there. Yep. And it's probably an arm that's like this. Maybe they should have a vote. Yeah, better have a swoosh on. How do you feel about that whole situation? That's kind of these are cutters, right? I didn't see a swoosh uh, on his cleats. I'm not sure who he signed with, but uh, those look like cutters. Those, those do kind of look like cutters, but they're cutters, not allowed. Cutters, those are, some good cutters are, are cutters even allowed anymore? I think they got banned, but cutters oh, might have yeah. had to change might, their. They might have had to change the recipe formula. Yeah, cutters for loco. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, had to cut out the part that kills you or whatever. Poor loco came back. But Nike needs to pay OBJ's fucking money. OBJ, when, and you know, this is what these brands do because they do it when you have shoe deals and obviously much lesser notable players. Um, you get cut, you get released, and they basically, that's the end of your shoe deal. But Odell was like the most marketable NFL athlete when they signed him to this brand icon deal. And obviously, you know, the you know altera- altering the gloves and cleats and shit, which they were sweet. But um, they need to pay him his money. Well, Nike too. It's like, hey, you know this. It's guy's- two million bucks. Come on, Nike. Come on, Phil. A lot of money. We talked about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. Two yeah. million is a lot of money. Not the fucking Phil. If you would have told you know any of our families up here that they were going to get two million dollars, it would have been the greatest fucking days of our life for a very long portion of our life. I'm in a very different situation now. I'm very lucky to be here. The boys, I think, will be in that situation very soon, where they're in I am. But $2 million is a lot of fucking money. Uh, Let's yeah. not be crazy. Okay? We all agree that $2 million is a lot of money. Yes. But to Nike. Not to Nike. Nike's $2 million. Why would you even start this? This is our thing yesterday. Why would you even start this fight yeah. for fucking $2 million with Odo Beckham Jr.? And for Odo Beckham Jr.'s side, everything's been positive. He's been like a, a high school recruit, yeah. getting recruited places. It's all been babyface, babyface, babyface. Mm-hmm. Fresh out of the Super Bowl. He gets hurt, spoke to win MVP. Yeah. Babyface even more. This guy got fucked. He's supposed to win MVP. If his first ACL surgery was better, this guy probably not only Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, whole different thing. Maybe a deal's already done. Instead, he gets hurt on the biggest stage. We all feel bad for him. Now everybody's recruiting him. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Nike then chooses, I guess, to not pay him $2 million and start a brawl with the biggest babyface in the NFL right now, which five, six programs are trying to recruit him to come back to. So, the, so at one point, 
they're worth $280 billion, Nike. Yeah. Okay. Nike market capitalization, billions of dollars. At one point there, they were up to $280 billion, if we're just doing some quick math. Mm-hmm. Now it appears as if they're at about $170 mil- uh, billion. Nonetheless, so pretty good. $2 million, pretty actual good. drop in a bucket. Yeah. Actual yeah. drop in a bucket. Why would you start this PR firm? Some lawyer thought they were fucking a hero. Yeah. Some accountant thought they were a hero. Was that 270 when the Rams won the Super Bowl? Just scroll to the bottom. And, and, and even that injury, which uh, was obviously a terrible injury, they probably got $2 million worth of marketing just from every time you saw that replay. Go to the yeah. one that was at 280. Go to the one that was at 280. Back, left, all right, right there. November 1st. November 1st, 2021. So right when he came back and played for the Rams? I don't know if we can directly tie <laughs> yeah. their highest point, yeah. but maybe. Yeah. I mean, it probably good marketing, probably not a bad thing. Uh, 2021, people still locked down here? Still people got a lot of money? We were, but. Uh, no, we were back by then. Everybody? Florida was rolling. Ooh, I, know, I, know. I know. Florida never stopped, huh? Florida was rolling. Florida kind of handled this whole thing in a vastly different yeah. fashion. We was that around rolling. the time that? An American war hero walked on stage and oh said, take God. that fucking mask off. You uh-huh. don't have to wear those. Who are you talking about? Pies, fellow Paisan, American war hero, two-time graduate from Ivy League schools. Holy I don't, shit. I mean, you can figure out who I'm talking about. Jesus Christ. <laughs> who is he? I don't think Jesus what? was an Italian. Remember, Jesus was killed by an Italian. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. Pontius Pilate, that motherfucker. You're that right. fucking piece of shit. We don't know mm-hmm. that he was Italian or not. He was from, like, modern-day Jordan, okay, so. Oh, but it was Rome, though, at the time, right? Yeah, Jesus. and his name was Pontius Pilate. Everyone knows he was a fucking Italian. <laughs> not all Romans were Italians. <laughs> did Pontius, did he found the pilot gas stations? Is that what, is that what the first gas? <laughs> I don't know if they were using <laughs> gas back then. I believe that was Jimmy oh. Haslam, actually. <laughs> yeah. It shoot was yeah it yeah. really was flying <laughs> J pilot yeah, yeah that shoot yeah. was the guy named it after himself pilot me J put yeah. it in there there was some fraudulent shit going on there that kind of got wiped out of the rug Jimmy. oh yeah, well, yeah what was, side's he on oh they were screwing over truck drivers big time yeah they were I saying the award points get points get points we'll get things turns out you never got anything yeah no so people were doing stuff to get points and then you were never able to cash them in on anything right. Yeah, Pilot J was doing well, that. Oh, well, well. I think that was the accusation. We don't know what it came to be because it was never talked about again somehow. I assume there was a big check that was paid sure. to somebody and right. then it kind of got wiped away. But, yeah, that was whenever he was first being the owner of the Browns, I think. They were starting to bring up a lot of news, which yeah. is going to happen to whoever owns the yeah, Commanders. Yeah. Whoever buys the Commanders, it's like all of a sudden you're a president because there's other people <clears> that are going to want to buy the Commanders that are going to try to – it's going to become a uh, – you know, just like the political world's about to get because there's a presidential yep. election coming Bingo. up. Dylan's gonna be sounds like Dylan's gonna be diving yeah. head yeah. first, see where his right. flag is. cowboy hat uh-huh. first into it all. Yeah. But I think like when new ownership happened, there was a lot of like, this is what you guys want. This is what you guys want. Probably because some other owner or some other rich person wanted to get in there. But I think the pilot J ones were running quite a scam of a rewards. Zito just told me $92 million settlement to get out of that one. $92 million is a lot of fucking money. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of fucking money that was scammed out of. Yeah. Yeah. But once again, just like with Nike and the $2 million for Aslam. Just dropping a bucket. Exactly. I mean, he just gave Sean Watson, you know, $230 million. Yeah. So you put put together the (laughs) reward scheme and Deshaun Watson. This dude's at $313 million. Yeah. Doesn't even no care. Dropping yeah. a bucket. No Fuck problem. It. And that's Pilot J, dude. Let yeah. alone fucking Nike. Nike mm-hmm. is fighting over $2 million with mm-hmm. Odell Beckham. Exactly. Let's ruin a relationship. Let's they, get they, some. They're getting put under a microscope right now, too. Oh, yeah, because yeah, Enos Freedom. You're talking about Enos wow. Freedom? Oh, is that? Jalen Brown. Oh. Said some shit about him. Oh, Jalen no. did? He's well, on the best team in the NBA. They can't was, be doing that. Is, <laughs> just as somebody that is. Uh, 
just as somebody that'll wear Nikes forever. Yeah, yeah come know, on, I'm yeah, gonna be wearing them every yeah, day. Yeah, me but, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, guys, come on. Sorry. Artist and art. Jess Sims actually got the entire college game day crew. Oh, because she's on Team Jordan. Thank you, Jess. She. So I got these from Jess Sims, who got the entire crew new Jordans. That's, That's pretty sweet. sweet. Yeah, she's on Team Jordan. That's very uh, Freeny. You know, he was on yep. Team Jordan. Yep. Mm-hmm. That would happen every once in a while. You know, there'd be like uh, Akeem. Uh, Akeem Nix was on Team Jordan. There was a couple guys I played with where, you know, some extra shoes show up or uh, set up though. So thank you, Jess, for these shoes. Thank you, Jess. With that being said, hey, Nike, fucking everybody's wearing your shit. You were $280 one year ago. What we start a fight for two million for with Odell Beckham Jr., who everybody loves right now. Yeah. If you would have done this a year, like year and a half ago, not everybody on earth loved Odell Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm. I could see how you'd sure. be like, yeah, let's pick a fucking, let's start some drama with Odell Beckham Jr. Maybe you'd have some people on your side. Now everybody loves him. What is the purpose of yeah. starting this drama for two million dollars when everybody associates Odell Beckham Jr. with Nike? Wait. Like he is, he is pretty closely tied yeah. to Nike. There's no reason he even wait until well, he gets into their books. Oh, OBS is going to make a video. Yeah. Uh-oh. You think Baker hey, Mayfield Odell looking at you think Baker looking at Odell Beckham Jr. and not throwing the ball numerous yeah. times that got on OBS's Instagram that inevitably uh-huh. got OBJ released from the Browns? Mm-hmm. You think that – wait till you see what he does to Nike. Yeah. He's taking Enos Freedom's video. Yep. He's taking a bunch of other people's video. He might be on site taking a selfie. Is yeah. that right? <laughs> Is that right? A photo of that kid who was the son of whoever worked for Nike with all those shoes yeah. he was reselling. Yeah, 300000 a month. Yeah. Like, you see a picture on OBS's Instagram of him on the Great Wall, watch out. It's coming. Fucking good luck, pal. <laughs> yeah. Dropping the elbow. Fucking good luck. That 155 billion current valuation. OBS sees that. Not to mention Drake. I mean, Drake and Odell were just filming that music video for that baby song over at the Nike headquarters. I bet Drake's going to come out and speak against him and not do anything for Nike ever He's got those OVO Jordans. Yeah, uh, exactly. For now. For now. For now. It might be OVO Adidas. I'm taking this off. They got a month. I don't know. What's that? They got a month. I'm going to. No, I can't go to Adidas. Puma. Why not? Well, it turns out Dave Chappelle let the world know. Yes, yeah. F1, F1 drivers wear fucking Puma shoes. Puma <laughs> what, about, fucking. what about Asics? Yeah. Well, Balenciaga. Just do Balenciaga yeah, like yeah. dirty. Dirty yeah, shut up today. too much. Saucony? That's what I said about yeah. New balances, maybe? Asics? Asics, yeah, Asics yeah. maybe. Looking Brooks. fresh in the new balances. I think we're missing the Hocus, Hocus right yeah, now. Yeah. Hocus. Oh, Hocus. Hey, I've been walking in these things. My knees feel like I'm walking on clocks. <laughs> Hocus. Straight Hocus out of Hawaii. Ooses making them. We're walking around like it's six foot five. Hey, hey, Nike, you hear this? We don't want to do this. No. Uh-uh. There's no reason for us to do this. Mm-mm. We've kind of turned a blind eye to a lot of things. Yeah. A lot of things. For a long time. But fucking $2 million to Odell Beckham Jr. for whatever reason you think. Come on. They, they don't want it. this guy to wear fucking hokas every I love hokas. Yeah. They're awesome. We don't want to have to do that. We'll change, do it. change out our entire closet. How about Odell Beckham Jr.'s shoe closet? Yeah. That yeah. went viral. So many Nikes. Great in marketing. There. Great marketing. Great marketing. How about the Nike swoosh in between all the Louis Vuitton things yeah. on his glove? Yeah. Boom. Nuki, Nike and Louis Vuitton? Nuki Vuitton? Yeah, yeah. Nuki Vuitton. What, what are we mean? even talking about, dude? This is all good stuff. $2 million, Nike? Make it right. Fucking relax. Odell's dude. about to pick the best team in the NFL, by the way. Join them. Probably play all the way till the Super Bowl. Prime time. Right. Every Prime single time. game. What are we talking about here? What are we doing? $2 million bucks, dude? Some people. Jeez, Phil. Let's turn to a much more serious product. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. Mm-hmm. And this is something none of us could have seen coming. Oh, no. Hey, man. 
This is, we could have never expected this. Nobody thought this was potentially going to happen. And I hate to break this to the world, really, at this point. It's a bummer. I have to do it. Who am I if I don't say what I'm about to say? I pride myself on saying things into this microphone that other people won't say. Exactly. We'll talk about the things that people won't talk about because it has to be talked about. We've done it in the past when we talked about a lot of things that people weren't talking about. I will talk about something that none of us could have seen coming, so we're all surprised by this. I guess the World Cup over there in oh. Qatar has been an absolute shit show. Yeah, what? Not great Shocker. so far. Yeah, oh. I guess the soccer Lombardi has been an absolute shit show. We're saying Firefest type stuff. Going yeah. on. What? Yeah, I mean, not, we didn't know. We could have never expected that. No. The videos of the what's that? The hospitality tents and the Yeah, they're staying in tents. People yep. are staying in tents, but they drew a door on them. They yeah, did. There's, okay. There's a door drawn <laughs> no, on the In fairness to the Firefest. They were advertising some high-end accommodations. I don't know if Qatar ever put that out there. No, they no, did. No, yeah, yeah. That's dude, why it's so dude surprising. Dude Perfect. This, I mean, Dude yeah. Perfect. Well, you're right. <laughs> not dude yeah. I about that. Promised, no, not dude promised us through fucking Qatar yeah. airways. Yep. It's going to be a great tourism. Well, I thought everyone saw like a month ago they were sleeping in shipping containers. No, 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 no they weren't no, sleeping. They were dead. Yeah, those are dead bodies. Those are bodies stacked up right, in the shipping container. In their defense, right. you know, I mean, Firefest had those cheese sandwiches. You see, Qatar has those that unbelievable falafel stand. So the food they have figured out. Now, granted, yeah, I can't see the falafel stand because uh, members of the. Qatar royal family mm-hmm. have just been grabbing everybody's cameras and <laughs> microphones from around the world and breaking them in half. Oh, yeah, don't get it twisted. Those falafel stands are not for the visitors. Those Qatar people can <laughs> you eat look, there. You look a bit too white to be eating these falafels, don't you? How about this guy? This guy is the man. Danish newscaster live in Qatar. Do we have this video? All right, that's right. This is what's going on at the Soccer Lombardi right now in Qatar. Once again, we don't want to be the bearer of bad news. No. We all assumed this was going to go off without a hitch and be very easy right. and yeah. well welcoming and everything like that. This is what's happening in Qatar right now at the Soccer Lombardi. This is Danish newscaster trying to break the world or break the news back to Denmark. What's going on at the World Cup? That's not our language. Oh, man. Jamen, vi kan jo vise, hvordan forholdene er lige her, hvis vi drejer kameraet. Vi er live on Danish Television, og uh, der kan I se, nu hey. bliver vi <laughs> filme, og det er forholdene her. Uh, mister, you invited the whole world to the... You, you invited the whole world to come here. Why can't we film? It's a public place. This is the uh, accreditation. Okay. We can film anywhere okay, we want. Okay, that fucking guy is there. Of course. No, 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 we don't need permit. Yeah, no, no, but, 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 no, but listen, but listen, but listen, but listen, you can break the camera. You want to break the camera? Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, break the Go ahead, it's recording. Go ahead, please. By, by, by smashing the camera. So then there was alleged uh, contracts that were being given out to fans that mm-hmm. you can come and we'll give you a, a chance Bless to you. stay at one of these tents that have painted on doors in it in the middle mm-hmm. of the desert here. You could stay there for free. Cannot say a single thing negative no, about no, anything. No, no, no. Uh, cannot do that. Obviously, newscasts are getting stopped. So Soccer Lombardi has certainly started with a little bit of a stumble here in Qatar. And... Uh, you know, it's a shame that this is going to be the first one the United States wins. Yeah. Uh, it has to be in this particular fashion. But we will be watching Monday, 
2 p.m. Eastern. That's right. The United States of America will beat the fuck out of Wales yep. if Qatar will let us broadcast the game. That's right. I don't know if the game's going to be allowed to be broadcasted. Actually. We hope it will be. We're ranked 16th in the country. I mean, that's they might true. as well have said, hey, America, here's a smack right in the fucking mouth. Mm-hmm. Don't do that to Christian Polithic, no. who already said he's ready to take on the entire. Don't do that to Gio Reyna. <laughs> don't do that to the 12 year uh, old looking goalie we sure. have, yeah. who's a goddamn octopus. This guy's got eight arms. What yeah. do you fucking see him? go. Wales, I'd, I'm sure you're a great country. I'm certain of it. They got one guy which Maybe. shut him down. Yeah, for sure. But I'm just saying, Wales, we apologize that you happen to be in our way. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then on Friday, England, 1776 2.0. That's right. on Friday. Boom. <laughs> Boom. 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 Soccer Lombardi's coming home for the first time ever. And when it gets here, it's never going to want to leave. And guess what? It never is. Nope. We're winning every soccer Lombardi from this point forward. And it's a damn shame that the first one that we're going to get happens to be in Couture. So nobody's allowed to go enjoy it, celebrate it, or broadcast it at all. But that's where we thrive. Yes. Yes. Those are the types of situations where we do well. Oh, we're not allowed to have any fun? We don't want to have fun. No. Nope. We're here to win a soccer Lombardi. Oh, our fans aren't allowed to be here? They're not allowed to eat when they're here? Doesn't matter. We'll do it in front of your fans. Yep. Congrats to the United States of America winning the soccer ball. Yeah. And we have them right where we want them. When you are ranked 16th in the world, I mean, that's what people expect. And by the way, Wales, we broke away from England in, I don't know, 50 years. You guys have just been living by their rules forever. They don't have any gourd or gut sack. Gareth Bale is the only player that they have. It wasn't 1976. Well, basically was. You said we broke away, what, 50 years? Oh, no, in 50 years. It's oh, taken okay. them all right, all right, more than 5,000, and they're still <laughs> sucking at the teat of that <laughs> fat-fingered king. Well, we've been a free country <laughs> yeah, for 50, 50 years. years. 90, <laughs> well, I mean, I did want to bring up 1976, but I guess we can just save that for later. Well, see, that. nonetheless, thank you. Anytime. Thank you for that shot at Wales. Yeah. The realization that if we do win, they will not let us leave the country. So So we need our jewelers over here to make one of those batabalion things. Yep. Because there's no way they're going to let us take it out of the country when we win it. No. And that's for all countries, by the way, other than Qatar. Yeah. You should think about making your own. The uh, balloon deal, the soccer Lombardi trophy. Yep. Because there's no way Qatar's going to let anybody out of that country with it, other than Qatar, who's got no shot of winning it. No. So who's ranked one? Who is that? France, probably Brazil. Brazil. Oh, Brazil. And Which, they're not even good. Well, the good thing is, is uh, one of their best players is now in Costa Rica with. Uh, That's a good point. Yeah. With uh, just yeah, the rolling know. trainer. Yeah. All right, let's yeah. get out of here. Let's get to hour two <laughs> on the other side. Speaking of not getting out of the country, too, did you guys hear what happened to those two people from the newscast? They chopped them up and they're selling them as the falafel meat. <laughs> what? It's pretty fucked up. Just had to get it in, huh? Well, I just figured. Probably won't talk about falafels for a while. I don't believe that video. Yeah, they didn't cut him up. They just shot him in the head and threw him in the ocean. Oh, okay. all right. So, so had to get this in. There's an ocean near Qatar? They created one, yeah. Ocean body. Like correct oh. this all. I mean, falafel is a vegan dish. There's no meat in it. But they did well, use no, their skin. Meat, yeah. yeah. Anyways. Epidermis. We're going to win the soccer Lombardi. Hell yeah. Go, Go get him, Pulisic. Nobody's going to see it, though. No. Game Monday, 2 o'clock. Dude, perfect. Simulcast. Yeah. Yep. I can't believe they lied to us. Who? Kobe and all the fucking cool guys over there. They said it was going to be nice. Kobe Jones? All right, let's change uh, Kobe Jones. That's what the team needs. Jacoby yeah, Jones, yeah. Send him in. No. Kobe. No, Kobe. 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 Uh, Jones. Dreads. 
Come on. That was it Jacoby was a, Jones. He played with Alexi Lawless back in the day, Tony Miola. Yeah. That team was fucking Team of Destiny, pal. Oh, okay. I'm yes, thinking you, of New England Revolution yes, legend never Jacoby played. Jones. Excuse me. Joining us now live from Manatic in Ohio is a man who's a college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, Ryder Cup champion, NBA pundit, COVID survivor, ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hall. Yeah. A.J. A.J. What's up? I know your squad, you got a big game tonight. You're a little nervous. 9.30 tip. Man, that's kind of late. You're telling me. And then last night, fucking because of the double overtime game with Michigan State, we didn't get to college football playoff rankings until like 10 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was supposed to be in between the two games. <laughs> we're going to have a massive game, uh, college basketball game, when yeah. it's Kentucky and Michigan State. Then we're going to do the college football playoffs. And then Duke is going to play Kansas mm-hmm. uh, afterwards. This is happening in Indianapolis, actually, which I just found out while I was watching last oh, night. Wow. And in theory, it sounds like an incredible concept. We'll have big college basketball game, mm-hmm. college football playoff rankings, then another massive college basketball game. It's like, what a night to be uh, uh, ESPN. And with Michigan State and Kentucky go to double fucking overtime. <laughs> yeah. Overtime, double overtime. That thing got pushed back. I was texting with Herb Street. I'm like, man, it was, are you guys just going to release the fucking right? Like, at what point are they going to do it? He goes, man, we're sitting right now. He was, they were live, too. Oh, that's That was live. That was not pre-recorded. That was live. And I didn't know it was live. I was actually texting Herbie while the show was on. I'm like, when did you guys record this? And then, like, two seconds later, Herbie gets asked a question. He goes, you know, some people were probably thinking after the first overtime, like, this is going to come. And then the second overtime, I don't want to think that Herbie was answering me directly. But it, as soon as I heard that, oh, this is fucking live. Yeah. These dudes are up until 10, 1030 last night doing this whole thing. Not really. You know, I mean, people are talking about Clemson, Alabama, where they're being ranked. People are talking about North Carolina being nine and one. They're in the teams mm-hmm. as opposed to a two-loss uh, LSU team who's going to be in the SEC championship game. So they have to put them at the position they're at because if they go on to beat Georgia, they're going to be in the college football playoff. Last night, I think pretty, pretty expected. Pretty expected. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say. I don't want to talk like out of pocket because I assume there's some college football programs that are pissed about the way this ranking goes. But this is kind of how I thought it would go, at least for the top six. I guess seven through 25, you can definitely have a conversation about. Teams are going to want to joust for better position for later in the year for bowl selection and everything like that. Hashtag PMS Twisted T CFB. Obviously, we do this every week alongside Twisted T, who is brand new partners. Tone Diggs, how many of these do you disagree with in the top 10? People are going to have to guess them with using the hashtag PMS Twisted DCFB. How many disagreements do you have in the top 10 tone? Because I don't really have that many. I'm excited to hear what your thoughts are. No, I mean, there's, there is a team, and you mentioned that I think potentially should be in the top 10 over um, maybe a team or two, two. Okay, so how many, how many, how many, so two, <laughs> you're saying there's. As always, I, I will, uh, I will twist two of the teams. Okay, oh. so two teams being twisted or being yeah. flopped, or there's two, two spots being changed? Uh, flopped. Okay, so oh. there is. Two changes. It is a flop in position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Use hashtag PMS Twisted T CFB. Guess which two are flipping in Tone Diggs's eyes. He will give the answer on Friday. Yep. If you get it right, you will win. $500, I believe. Two. I believe it's, oh, I think it's, that's this good This is question. your thing, Tony. Come on, Tony. No, this is, Tony, uh, this is your thing. Pull this not, one out of the hat. This is not my thing. Tony, this is Tony, your thing. Pull your the thing. rabbit out of the hat. Read Toad the Twisted Takes. It's not on here. It's that. not. <laughs> Bruce. He's going to switch Georgia and Utah, I bet. Bruce. Bruce. No. Oh, Utah got big wins over USC and a couple other big yeah, ones. I mean, sleep Utah, on them. Utah has some big wins. The Pac-12 is fascinating because everybody thought it was all eyes on Oregon-USC, which one of those teams might slip into the college football playoff. 
if, you know, the other teams lose in there because the Pac-12 has a couple powerhouses. Then Washington beats Oregon in Oregon, breaking their home winning streak that I think was nationally renowned, and that kind of throws everything in turmoil. USC sitting at seven. Still, they got, Notre Dame, they got Notre Dame left on the schedule mm-hmm. as well. Uh, they got the Pac-12 championship left on the schedule as well. So their strength of schedule remaining still pretty good. I picked USC week like four yes. to make it into the college football playoffs strictly because I believe in stars, AJ. I believe if you get a lot of people that are very good, when the moment comes that they have to rise to the occasion, the reason why they are stars is because they do. That is why people know who they are. So I think if you get a combination of those, and when it matters, they're going to win. It was ugly early there weren't able to stop anybody. Then they take the loss to Utah, and everybody rolls them out. Now they're climbing back in it with a good strength of schedule left. Maybe USC is able to make a run. AJ, your initial thoughts on the top ten. Is this exactly how you saw it going? And all eyes on Ohio State-Michigan next weekend, I guess. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's all that matters. The undefeated teams are the top four. Obviously, that's, that looks about right to me. The rest of them fight it out. Let's see who can win at the end. Yeah, Ohio State-Michigan's next week. Big deal. Because I have a hard yeah. time diving into the top 10 situation. I don't know why. I can't keep it all straight, man. There's so many different possibilities that could happen. I don't know. Yeah, if I can yeah that, that's why talk lot, shows man. do it, because it's good conversation. There's a lot of things to fodder mm-hmm. about, yep. you know, which yep. this technically yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, you know, we can do it. But that's in Ohio State, right? That game, Michigan, because last year was in Michigan. Yep. So. Ohio State hasn't played their best football yet. Everybody says they haven't played. Indiana, they fucking smoked this past weekend. They won 71-19 over a team, 51-10 over a team. But the conversation is, you know, they haven't played that good of football against bad competition. It's like what the scores indicate. Northwestern game, not great. Right, 40-mile-an-hour wins, not great. Yep. So the thought is, if Michigan loses to Ohio State, who's been the number two-ranked team for the last four weeks in Ohio State, and Michigan's only loss is to number two Ohio State, and it's a close game, will Michigan also get into the CFP, whether there be two Big Ten teams? Or if LSU goes, which they're going into the SEC championship at six, and they beat Georgia, Georgia's definitely still going to get in. LSU's going to get in because they're the mm. SEC champion, which is supposedly the strongest one. Ohio State gets in. Is that Fourth one, Tennessee. Is that fourth one, TCU, depending on how strong they think the Big 12 is? That's why it's also kind of spectacular because we have no fucking idea what the committee, who's actual humans, are going to discuss in that one room and decide what, what who's, who's going to make hundreds of millions of dollars yep. yeah. right. by playing in the college football playoff inevitably and who's not. Yeah, like if Georgia wins out and Tennessee's only losses to you know Georgia, are they going to get in? But also if Michigan beats Ohio State. Like, are they going to kick Ohio State out if they don't make it to the Big Ten Championship? That kind of seems like how the conversation's been going. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. one loss. Tennessee goes in over one loss. Ohio State, because they lost to – Tennessee lost to number one, and Mm -hmm. Ohio State lost to number two. AJ, that's kind of – has that been the convo in Columbus? It's been the convo, you know, whenever I show up at game day by people that have all the stats. They're like, Ohio State hasn't looked that good. Everybody said, Ohio State hasn't looked that good. I'm like, I started looking at scores. I'm like, yeah. And, and their defense, for the most part, is, is way improved from what they were last year. They brought in Jim Knowles and the dudes. He's been great. I know they gave up a lot of rushing yards against Northwestern. That's what people were upset about. If you look at Oklahoma State's defense with yeah. Knowles last year, yeah. without Knowles. If you look at Ohio State's defense last year, like 37th, I think, in the, in the entire college, they've been up to top five with yeah. this guy. So whatever the mindset is that he's brought into it, he's definitely brought a good squad. But is that the conversation in Columbus that the Ohio State team hasn't played their best football yet? Because that seems to be the national convo. And I don't think it's a good convo for Ohio State because if they do lose to Michigan, everybody's going to be like, we've been saying it. Mm-hmm. They haven't been playing. Their best. And I'm like, have they? I, I, I think they take it as a, a positive that they haven't played 
played their best football yet and they're undefeated and they haven't really had too much of a test. So I think it's a positive. And I think people that are Ohio State fans, like they expect them to win every game. So they're not too worried about where they are. They're, hey, if we take care of business, we're going to be in the playoff. We have a chance. That's such an Ohio mentality. Yep. Yeah. yeah, if we lose a game, fuck. We leave it up to somebody else, there's a chance we're not going to be in it. All right, so we just win every single yeah. game. You don't have a room to argue. You don't have room to argue. If you're in a good spot now, hey, if we take care of business, we're in, guys. Other than that, Keep your mouth shut. Darius, you remember when the BCS was the thing. Yep. So the NCAA actually sold its right to crown a champion for Division One. The champion for the NCAA was D1AA, which is now CFS, I believe. FCS. FCS, yeah, yeah, FCS. FCS, I believe they have that now. But the NCAA actually sold their right to declare a champion to the BCS committee. In the BCS, there was five of them. They were all that mattered. You get a BCS game, the contract's big for your school, you get a lot of money. The exposure's big, you get a lot of that for your school. And they'll figure out what the national championship game is. This committee would pick two teams, and then the B- all the other champions were playing these BCS games, and it was a big deal. Everybody hated it. Hey, everybody hated it because it's like we're letting people decide who's going to be the national champion, who's going to do that. Only two teams really get an opportunity. What's the deal? So the playoff has been something that people have been talking about forever. I mean, since I was in school. But making it four teams, and I wasn't a part of the college football media at the time, and not that I have any say now. I do not. I'm bottom of the totem pole. But I think I would have been rather loud. How the fuck was four teams to answer when it's yeah. power, power five, con- mm-hmm. five conferences, okay? There's five conferences, and you're only given four spots. So automatically, one champion not going to be able to compete to be the champion. So it's not power five then. Each year, it's power four, maybe power two with more people. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they didn't go with five with three at-large bids mm-hmm. where it was just eight, and then you just make that whole thing. It's going to 12 soon, which is yeah. good news. But I feel like this system has certainly been interesting for a long time. Why do you think that is? And do you enjoy the way it is, Darius I like. I actually like the four. Really, I, mean, I feel like if you make it twelve now, I mean, what about some of these top guys? Like, do you play two more games if you're going to be a top ten pick in the draft or first mm. round pick? I think they're going to move the season up. So uh-huh. I, I think they're going to start the season earlier. I think the. Uh, I don't know. This is just me listening to people that talk, but I've also heard huh. different things from people that you would think would know the answer. I think they're going to eliminate mm-hmm. a. Uh, I think an out-of-conference game that is normally a throwaway game, I think they're going to get rid of. I believe they're going to get rid of one of those for some of these programs, I think, from what I've been told. The SEC this week, a lot of their teams, a lot of their games they're playing just no Yeah, cupcakes. I mean, Georgia played Kent State. Like, I don't know. Kent State gave them problems, too, which made us all think that Tennessee was going to be able to beat Georgia. And then, lo and behold, Georgia was like, "Uh, can everybody relax? We're playing the Golden Flashes. Maybe we weren't. You know, mm-hmm. you bring game day to Georgia, though, <laughs> yeah. and Tennessee's coming in, and it's like, hey, this team's going to beat us. Maybe the boys a uh, little bit more in tune that yeah. particular week, and we can talk about 18 to 22-year-olds. Sorry, 18 to 25-year-olds on that Georgia football right. team mm-hmm. with the quarterback being a 25-year-old. But college football is fascinating, man, honestly. And a lot of people think what you're saying, like, not too many games, but how many teams can really hang with the top? Like, yeah, how like many elite teams are there truly? Yeah, so it, but if you get rid of one of those out-of-conference games, then one of the playoffs, quarterfinal game for whatever one of these I guess, are they worried about if there's 12, that like the, the 12 versus one game is going to be a 60-point blowout? Is that what they're worried about? Yeah. This year. So I, I guess that is a worry of people. But there's a lot of those games anyways already. Might as yeah. well make them worth something, you know? But it's not yeah. one versus 12 because there's buys. Yeah, yeah. so the top, two, four. top two, top four get a buy? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, that's different. Okay. Where do they play, though? When they have 12, so don't they want another the home game? game? That first round is uh, the home game. So there, or when there's eight teams left, rather. 
Yeah, because they set it up the other day. Yeah. I'm sitting, they had it up on the thing yeah. right in front of me right mm-hmm. there. And I remember looking at it going, this would be fucking, yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. this would be awesome <laughs> yeah. if this was to be yeah. happening in a couple of weeks or whatever, because they had it projected on what it would be. Yeah, yeah. four buys. Uh-huh. Each, it's like a division. It's yeah, football. exactly. It's just like college oh. basketball. It's exactly. like this whole thing. And then the four had the buys that are already 12, in there. Five plays 12 and so on. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then those bowl games become the... The games. The quarterfinals, the semifinal, mm-hmm. the whole how, thing. How come um, when you're looking at those standings and you mention them, um, Clemson and North Carolina have lost to the same exact team, um, but what team is ranked Stop giving away the twisted T. Come on. No, no, North Carolina's not in the top ten, so I can't twist them. <laughs> but you uh, Well, you could. You could. You could add it in there. That could be a third move because you could. 12 to, 12 to 2. 12 to 3. Yeah, who says no? Hey, Drake May's a baller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Drake May might be yeah. on this show at some point. Here we really? go. From what I've been told. That'd be okay. awesome. Maybe there's a chance he comes on the show or whatever, and that'd be cool. I think Patrick Peterson's going to be joining us what? here any moment. Let's go. LSU could go on a run. Sure. Yeah. Hey, remember back insane. in the day, everybody that was coming out of LSU? <sighs> Matt Flynn. Dog. <laughs> yeah. He won a national championship with him. That was the, first, that was the first name. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. He won a national championship. It was a problem. Uh, a factory, joining us now is not only a man who came out of the LSU factory back in the day, but also a man who used to be feared as a punt returner. Now he's grown old, okay? Doesn't <laughs> return punts anymore. He's too old of a man. He's still got it, though. Had the game-winning pick this past weekend in the NFL's biggest game of the season. You know him from LSU and Arizona. He's become a staple of this Minnesota Vikings defense. Ladies and gentlemen, the legend. Patrick Peters. Yeah! Yeah! What's up, man? What's happening? Hey, how come you don't return punts anymore? You're too fucking old, dude. You can't do it anymore. You can't catch the punts anymore. You scared of the punters? What's the problem? <laughs> nah, I can still catch it, but uh, I think I'm a little bit more durable on the corner uh, end of it than a punt returner. All right, I understand. <laughs> I remember we played against you at the Cardinals, and uh, the entire game plan was... Hey, this guy's fair catching the ball every single time. If you got to hit ball, <laughs> if you got to hit it 38 yards, we do not care. You hit it 38 yards, you're not doing it. Because he has, what, a 102-yard, uh, I, I think it was a punt return. You caught it at the one, go back yeah. in the end zone, do that whole thing. You're a weapon. You're an incredible athlete. People will talk about that forever. How do you think you've had to sustain success at the position of corner? Have you had to change your routine? Have you had to change the way you do things? Because you're playing your best ball right now, and obviously yeah. you're an older corner, which is not a normal thing around the NFL? Um, I think for the most part, just sticking to the process. You know, I've been in the league for a very long time, understanding what I need to do to get the body in shape, get the body prepared for a long season. And just now, just really, you know, up ramping my film study because now I'm not as athletic as I was, not as fast as I was. Now I have to put my body in position before the play even start for me to be successful. And I believe that's what's been, you know, giving me the upper hand in this uh, year 12 for me. Pat, do you actually feel that you're not as fast as you once were? You're not as athletic because watching you play is yeah. not the case, at least from <laughs> someone watching as a fan. I know that. Yeah, I mean, I still, I, I'm still running around in the 20s on the on the, uh, the little GPS thing they got for me. But um, I, I do still feel, you know, very athletic, but not as athletic as I was when I was 25. <laughs> was there a moment when that happened when you had to change your game a little bit like okay i'm gonna as opposed to trying to walk this guy i'm gonna give a little bit more of a cushion is that a decision that you make and when was that you yeah made? probably around year seven because my first six years man it was literally strictly man to man i mean i'm guarding the receiver sideline to sideline you know hash to hash you know i'm going inside i'm playing outside so at the end of the day that was a lot of wear and tear on my body 
you know, so, if, you know, if I wanted to play this game 15 years, which is my goal, you know, I had to start changing up things, you know, changing the way uh, I come into the season as far as my weight, you know, changing the way now expanding my vision, being able to play off the receiver a little bit more to where I can add more years to my career. So, yeah, around year seven, that's when I had to start, you know, soul searching and self uh, self scouting to, uh, to change myself around. I saw you on the plane, dude. You are fucking <laughs> young, dude. You, you're lighter now than you were? Are you more cut up now than you I were? I am. Yeah, yeah. I am. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm right now. I'm at 197. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely much more cut up. So you can see the lines in my abs a little bit more. But <laughs> my trap's a little bit better now. So <laughs> Yeah, you look, I mean, what a mu- Look at this fucking dude. That's you. Hey, that's you right there, dude. I don't know if you know that. That's fucking you. If I was you, that is me. that's what I would look like. That is me. If, I, if that was me, that's what I would look like every day. I don't know what you got that fucking jacket on for, dude. I'd be showing up. Hey, man, it's just freaking snowing outside. That's why. Hey, it's not here. Hey, it's not like Minnesota. We were at Minnesota for the Super Bowl. It was like negative 12 pre-windshield. Windshield. I don't even know how you measure How do they measure that? How do they even measure right. I don't know how they measure that. It's snowing here, though. It's starting to get cold. Uh, we appreciate Patrick Peterson's joining us. Uh, Darius Butler has a question for you, Pat. Yeah, so, D-Butt, what up, baby? What, what's happening, man? So uh, you, you cool. kind of talked about film study and stuff like that, and I heard you uh, on the pod, on the All Things Cover pod that you do with BMAC. You were kind of talking about some of the things you would think about going into the place. For the young corners out there that may be watching, young DBs, what's kind of like your process throughout the week? And then the second part of my question, you talk about how cold it is outside Minnesota. You know, you're an <laughs> avid golfer. So what you're doing now when you get away from the uh, facility? Uh, man, first part, the answer to the first part of your question, man, uh, um, you know, now I don't have the, you know, I don't have to worry about cover, uh, an assignment on guarding the number one receiver, this, that, and other. So now for me, I'm just putting all formations into a bucket, you know, mm-hmm. putting three by threes. I mean, I'm sorry, three by ones in a bucket and putting all these formations and like what they like to run in three by ones, uh, two by two formations, what they like to do when they align, a, align it empty, motion it empty. You know, now teams, as you know, D-Buck, you know, they like to uh, window dressing a lot of things. So they may start off in a two-by-two and end up in a three-by-one. Now you have to, the process of elimination uh, uh, goes in, 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 you know, into part then, you know. Yep. So you have to make sure that you're understanding formation, understanding splits, understanding cuts. And the biggest thing what guys really don't understand, understanding where that ball is on the hash. Mm-hmm. That's going to eliminate a lot of routes for you. Once you understand those four or five things, that'll help you become a better player for sure. Man, it's awesome listening to the greats talk about why and how they become great. Have you always had this incredible work ethic? I assume you have, but at the point, you mm. were more athletic than everybody, right? Coming out, you were more athletic right. than everybody. And I assume that, you know, some people might have, like, for instance, if I had your. I already told you I'd be shirtless all the time. But if I had your athletic ability, it'd be hard for me to dive in as much on all the other shit. Have you always been like that through high school? At LSU, were you a big film junkie and everything, and you just were the perfect NFL prospect? Or was there somebody that kind of showed you the ropes? Man, you know, I was lucky enough to have, you know, relatives in the NFL like Brian McFadden, Kendall Pope, you know, Walter McFadden, Santana Moss and Norris Moss. So I had an opportunity to grow up around those guys when I was 17 years old, still in high school, trying to be – what those guys were, you know, I can remember working out with the Ike Taylors and the Will Gaze with Brian, just seeing how those guys conduct their business day to day. And that's what I wanted to do. Is, so I had to implement that into my game at a young age. And I believe that's what helped me, you know, sustain a long career because I've been doing it for so long at a young age to where it's like second nature to me now. 
Yeah, well, it showed up in a big moment this past weekend mm-hmm. against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, this game was marked as the biggest game of the weekend. The Minnesota Vikings mm-hmm. playing the Buffalo Bills, biggest game of the weekend because the Minnesota Vikings are a different Minnesota Vikings than they have been. What have you seen behind the scenes with the presence of Kevin O'Connell and Quasi and everything like that that has really taken the Minnesota Vikings to where you are right now as opposed to in years past where we all knew there was a bunch of talent, but inevitably the big bad wolf of the NFC North was the Packers. This year it just mm-hmm. feels different. Why is that, Pat? Yeah, I believe it just starts with the, the head guy. KO man just really honing in on situational football being a smart football team I believe we're probably one of the few uh least penalized uh football teams in the league you know turning uh creating turnovers for the offense you know being at our best when our best is required you know I believe all of those things that he he, he has brought into the, into this building guys have taken heave into that because you know, we lost so many games last year by not being a situational smart football team. And guys that's on this team last year, majority of the, those guys on the team uh, the year before. So guys understanding the point of emphasis coming into this year, understanding that we have the talent, we have a new sheriff in town that believe in us, and that's going to put us in the right position. Now it's up to us to go out there and execute. Uh, before your question, AJ, can we talk about situational football and awareness here in overtime with the Buffalo Bills and the biggest play that was made here? The, before this play even starts here, there's a lot of conversation happening on the back end. What are you telling folks here? Hey, so this is actually what what I was just telling D-Button. Also, D-Butt, I can't play golf right now. I forgot to actually act <laughs> of your question because <laughs> it is definitely snowing out here. But – they tried to hide this formation, what I was talking about. They came out in a three-by-one three, uh, three bunch, but they end up motioning back over to a two-by-two. Two. And one of their main concepts down here in the red zone is a laser Dino, which is a double post concept, to try to clear out that safety to uh, to make that void in, mm-hmm. uh, in between the numbers and the hashes. So, obviously, I knew that. I saw 85. He's, he's pretty much the clear-out guy. And with me having great vision on the quarterback and the receiver – it gave it gave me an opportunity to make a play on the ball. Nah, that's it. Game. We win. At what moment did you say, "Oh shit, we won"? I'm gonna get down. As soon as he threw it. Uh, <laughs> uh, hell of a play, AJ. Your question for Pat. Yeah, I know your uh, your D coordinator uh, Ed Donatel. What's it like with him? What's that scheme like? It seems like you've uh, you've settled in pretty pretty comfortable uh, as as far as it's gone. What's that guy like as a leader for your defense? Man, Coach Ed is uh, just absolutely the best, man. Just a, a cool, calm, collective guy, never yelling. You know, love having fun, loving guys, loving on each other, you know, enjoying the process. And that's what it's all about. And his scheme is just perfect, you know, for me because I feel like I have, you know, really good ball skills, been in the league a very long time, understand schemes, and with the ability to now play with vision, I believe it's going to give me an opportunity, not only me, but guys on his defense to have opportunities to make plays. And it has been, you know, I, I believe we're number one right now with taking the ball over uh, and, t- and uh, takeaways. And, you know, we want to keep that going. And the proof is in the pudding. You know, we just want to continue sticking to the process um, uh, week to week and trying to get a win by the end of each every, each and every week. Uh, it is, yes, too. absolutely. Mm-hmm. The defense, the whole defense is fucking yeah. awesome to watch every single week. Uh, is Harrison Smith the greatest white athlete you've ever seen? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I would probably have to agree with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think so. Well, AJ always talks about, and Aaron talks about him as well, the way he disguises Disguise. coverages and how fast yeah. he's able to do that. Not everybody's able to do that. How comfortable are you guys? Because you guys have been together now a couple of years, right? The whole defense, just kind of a new yeah, person in charge. We, yeah, we have. But honestly, man, it's even going back to last year, it's like we played for so long because we played in the league, you know, nine plus years to where we understand schemes. We understand defense to where we can talk to each other without even saying a word, just looking at each other. We know what position or what we need to be in or where he wants me to be or how he wants me to fit and things like that. And that just, you know, that comes with, you know, uh, you know, with a bunch of experience and, and a bunch of time on the football field. Ty Schmidt has a question for you, Pat. Pat, going from Mike Zimmer to Kevin O'Connell, like obviously you're a vet, you've been in the league for a long time, but how much does that shift kind of change your day-to-day and just how things are around the building when you go from a defensive head coach to an offensive head coach? Uh, you know, you know, it's it, it just a little bit lighter around it now. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, uh, not so much, you know, uptight, you know, coaches letting guys be them, you know, letting guys enjoy, you know, the brotherhood, enjoying you know, the meeting time and things like that. And, and it's just a just a fun atmosphere. You know, um, it was it was tough at times to have fun with Coach Zim. You know, he's an old he's an old timer and, he, you know, he, he want things done his way. And you, ha- you, you can't do nothing but respect that. But the way Coach Kale is running things is it's loose. It's fun. Guys are enjoying coming to work each and every day and also just playing for him. It just, you know, it, it just makes us that much uh, more exciting. To, to go out there and prepare for Sunday. What is it, cornhole, cards, ping pong, dice? What do you guys got over there? Um, I like to play a little uh, bid whiz. I like bid whiz. I love uh, little spades. Oh, cards, cards, okay. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, cards. So I'm not real big into dice. So I'm, I'm, I'm more of a cards guy. You guys are a cards locker room, though? Nah, no cards in the locker room. We, we normally go to one house. Oh, that's even better. I mean, yeah. doing it. I mean, that's hanging out, <laughs> hanging out, out, out right of the there, building. Yeah. yeah, that's even. That's even. <laughs> in the building, in the building. What is there? Is there anything where, like, your player uh, players lounge? Is there uh, anything? Uh, yeah, we have like a little players lounge inside the locker room where guys always, you know, meet up there, talk about the game. You know, all you know, the training room is always a oh, yeah. a, a, a big spot to go to. We just got this new this, this little recovering uh, room to where they have like these little floating beds and. All the normal oh. tests in there, so yeah, so that's that's a that's a hot spot right now as well. So guys are been pretty much you know migrating all over the uh, the uh, the facility for sure. I got I got to ask you about the space though. Joker, Joker, Deuce, Deuce, or Ace High. Uh, you got to go, Joker, Joker, Deuce. Oh man, are you good? You're a good player, huh? <laughs> oh, You're a good player. Yeah, you're a good player. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I can play. I can play. I won't. I won't consider myself like an awesome player, but I know the rules in the of the game. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. The, the guy to your uh, your left, the TV's right over there. Don't uh, ever play cards with this man. <laughs> Don't ever yeah. play cards with this man because the rules they, they just get bent. You know the rules just kind of get bent because it's how he understands the rules. You know it always got oh. some of those. Yeah, yeah. Can't have. You're allowed to you always have, you you always have one or two of those in the group. Yeah, you can't have it. Yeah. But it is great to hear though that you guys are playing cards away. Fight me. The team. Hey. It looks like you guys are different this year. It's nice to hear mm-hmm. that it is kind of that situation because the way I've been talking about it, and no disrespect because you've been for the Vi- on the Vikings for a long time, but, like, every game I think it's tough for people to be like, 
No, the Vikings. Mm -hmm. The Vikings. Because what the Vikings had been for a long time. I'm happy to see you guys right. experiencing some great success right now. You deserve it. Uh, Connor, your question for Pat Peterson. Yeah, Pat, I assume Adam Thielen's going to have something to say about you saying Harrison Smith's the greatest white athlete you've ever seen. But <laughs> how much does you know having him and Justin Jefferson help you throughout the week as you practice against those type of receivers in preparation for guys like Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis this past weekend? Man, it's huge, but, uh, you know, obviously during the, this time of the year, we don't pretty much see those guys throughout the week's uh, preparation, but, you know, going up against those guys throughout spring and training camp, mini camp, um, it does nothing but get you prepared for the season. You know, Adam is a guy that has a lot of pastry in his routes, a lot of wiggle. He does a great job of setting up routes, uh, making making uh, something look like something that, uh, that is, that's not really there, and Justin is just the uh, just not only the ultimate competitor, he's uh, probably the, the most, besides uh, Devontae Adams, those guys are probably the most well-rounded receivers with size, route running ability, hands, um, deceptive speed, uh, you know, can block. You know, so going up against those guys definitely prepared me for this long haul of a season for sure. So, you know, Geno Smith said they tried to write me off. I didn't write back, though. Mm -hmm. Trademark patent pending, <laughs> yeah. I believe. Mm -hmm. After the Arizona game, obviously you said some things about maybe what that organization had said to you. Was there ever a time you doubted that you were going to be able to play for 15 years, which has always been your goal? Or did you have to find a new freshness in yourself to kind of keep going? Or was there just uh, – was there ever any of that whenever other people were saying it, even people of importance at a building? No, never a doubt. I just needed a new change of scenery, though. That's all. All right, well, I'm happy you don't return punts anymore, bro. Yeah. Thanks. I'm very thankful you do. I know a lot of people are, Pete. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people that I know that are very excited that you don't do that anymore. Uh, we appreciate your time. Good luck the rest of the way. Yes, sir, man. Always fun talking to you guys. AJ, I'll see you in Tahoe soon, my guy. Yeah, you'll be on the top of the yes, leaderboard. Sir. Pat. Pat's very good, Pat McAfee. Hey, hey, I know he's very good. Yeah, I want to let you know, I got a sim up here. So while you're practicing football uh -huh. and picking off Josh, I'm trying to yodely yodely up that leaderboard, Pat. I'm trying to get into okay. a later a later pairing. You know what I mean? Hey, man, we we, we need to put a, put together a golf trip or something, man. Ooh. Let's do Ooh, it. Listen, yes. I'll get a, I'll Let's get ripped it. too. I'll get a six pack. <laughs> we'll yeah. do it to a beach. Everybody will be awesome, <laughs> yep. ladies and gentlemen. Twelve year NFL vet, perennial All Pro, the man who iced the game against Buffalo, Patrick Peterson. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Sounds like that team likes each other a lot. Yep. Yeah. That's a big deal. Yes. You ever hear us talk about teams, it's like, seems like that team likes each other. They're, they're probably going to be good. Now, when you're winning, easier to like each other. <laughs> and do you win because you like each other, or do you like each other so you win? Ah. That's an interesting conversation that you can kind of have forever. I like hearing that they're playing cards at people's houses. I like that yeah. they're bouncing around the building together. Vibes are high. Kevin O'Connell says, hey, boys, do whatever fuck you hey. Listen, whatever makes you the best football player, mm -hmm. let's do it. Him talking shit on the Buffalo Bills, too, in his little segment. Did you see this, <laughs> yeah. AJ? I don't think I did, no. Okay, so we saw an NFL Films mic'd up segment where I heard Kevin O'Connell say, hey, let's fucking go. So I was like, all right, like this guy. Mm -hmm. I like the way he's talking like a human. They're having success. So obviously, like this guy, that he's being able to get a group of men to have success in his first season, not yeah. easy at all. Then this thing comes out. I, I assume he does this every week for the Minnesota Vikings yeah, uh, social media yeah. where he breaks down some plays. Listen to this throwaway line that he puts in there and just moves right along. I love this dude like as a head dude. coach. 
Exactly right. And then obviously we did not get to the point where we could just flat out win the game in overtime. It tends to happen when the defense is allowed to play with 12 men at times. Uh, we'll continue to work through a good play for uh, first and goal at the two against 12 guys on the field. I'm working on that right now. But in this case, we end up... It just moves. Yeah. Just moves right along. Get in moving. this case, uh, Patrick Peterson saw something. I enjoy his confidence. I, I yeah. really do. Listening yeah. to Pat talk about him, though, yeah. sounds like everybody fucking loves K.O. Yeah, former player. Uh, we were teammates in New England my rookie year, I believe. And something else that jumped oh, out yeah. with Pat P. talked about, because um, the Vikings, they lost a lot of close games last year. And this year, they're obviously winning those. And something that's big, huge in, in Belichick is the got to have it situations, the situational footballs, the games that, you know, it's 60 plays. It's going to come down to four or five plays that uh, determine who's victorious. So that, that was something that, big, that, stuck, that stuck out. You know what's interesting is you just assume from watching the game and being a fan, it's like, oh, everybody knows everything about every situation if you're a professional, okay? Third down, this has got to have it. Some guys don't even know it's third down. Like, they, they, these types of things happen where people yeah. are jogging in, there's so much going on, don't even know it's third down, and it's like, oh, fuck. All right, we got to punt now. Yeah. Didn't even know that that situation was, uh, hey, this is a yeah. massive down. And I think the reason why that happens is because it's not drilled in yeah. to their minds all week. Like, hey, this is a play. Every day. Yeah, Something this, every day. Like, yeah. that's the best coaches. Like, every day there's some kind of little teaching moment. It might be two or three minutes they show a clip mm -hmm. of, like, how a team blew it or how a team – did something right to win games in those tiny little crucial moments. And I don't want to, like, it, go ahead. No, it's more than that, too. Even, like, so, like, two-point plays, like, uh, you know, got to have it goal-to-go type plays. Like, they'll look at just those situations, not only for the team that's upcoming, but around the league. Because, you know, it's a copycat league. So, if somebody does something that's kind of working, it's kind of catching on, these offense coordinators putting in their plans, that's something that these good coaches, to AJ's point, will uh, do. Little, right little fly sweep dive is the new thing. People coming in from here and then turning it up, mm -hmm. turning it mm -hmm. up there. And, like, you see it and one team does it, has success, and then it's like the next week you see, like, two teams do it, and it's like, oh, I guarantee next week yeah. probably going to be three or four teams that are going to put this in in a short yardage because they get a little window dressing with the move, and then, bang, they cut it up as opposed to taking it outside. You just try to cut it up to try to gain a yard to do a little bit of that. It's like those types of things. The quarterback getting pushed. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Not that it hasn't ever happened before, but there were teams that saw people come into motion and then get right behind the quarterback, have success, and then like the next two weeks it was like, boom, this is what we're doing, this is what we're doing. So keeping everybody on their toes for all those things. You see this guy moving, even though the team done did it. Alert, alert, yep. alert. Like that type of stuff is a massive deal. Not everybody's doing that. That needs to be understood by fans that not every team is focusing on that. I'm not saying like the teams I was on weren't, but you hear from other players that come to places. You heard the Chargers uh, players Whenever they were talking, like, yeah, we're actually being told, like, why we're doing stuff. Yeah. And yeah. you'd naturally be like, why, why hasn't that <laughs> – why hasn't that been happening? It's like, well, that's just not the style of some people. And there's success, I think, in a lot of different fashions. But a lot of things that you think are just common sense isn't always happening everywhere. And I, I think, you know, right. that is something that needs to be said, AJ. As far as, like, for defensive players, like, a coach can sit there and talk about all of that and talk about all, the, like, the crucial situations. you got to watch it and, and rep it every single day. But also players are – there's some players out there that are just trying to figure out, hey, what's my job? What's my yep. responsibility on this play? Okay, I have three – Three vertical here. If they're coming out in a three by one, I got to carry him. I got to deliver him to the safety, make it a high ball or whatever, and that's it. That's all they know for that that specific defense. Like, no, you coaches, like the great coaches, will explain. This is why we're doing it. Here's a play that they've killed a few teams on. This is why we're going to try to do this this week. When they counter and do something off of it, this is how I'm going to counter them. Like they explain what you're going to do, and you're not just trying to figure out, hey, what do I do here so I don't mess up. You're trying to figure out how do we stop this team. Yeah. Uh, can you go back to the Piero here? So think about this play yeah. in overtime. 
Uh, old Patty Pietto here. In overtime, obviously, if you look, they've already gotten all the way down to the 20. So the Bills have had success on the Vikings here in overtime. Oh, yeah. So this defense could just get in like a, a shell and be like, man, we're getting our asses beat. As soon as this dude goes into motion, look at Patrick. He's got his eyes on it. Eyes on it. Sees the guy motion. He goes, hey, 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 hey. Everything that could potentially, hey, here it comes, here it comes. It's like that type of decision. From uh, Harrison. Just so quick. As soon as the... As soon as he came in motion, Patrick Peterson was yeah. like, boom, mm-hmm. know exactly what's coming here. This game is over. He said as soon as the guy went in motion is when he knew mm-hmm. game was over or whatever. It's like that type of detail in the biggest moment of the game right there. Overtime, they're taking a shot at the end zone. Biggest moment, got to have it. And you got one of your veterans on the backside to seeing it. Safety, obviously, yup, 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 same thing. That's a prepared team. That's a ready team. And also trusting yeah. the information yeah. that you have. Like, Having the faith that as soon as you trust skate, your eyes, yeah. trust that, hey, yeah. this is what this is that, that Dino, as he said, okay, hey, they're likely to run this. And then it, they're actually running and saying, oh my goodness, right? This is actually happening, what we've talked about, and then going and making the play. It's a big deal. Because having the confidence in yourself is a massive part. I think there's a lot of guys that probably think they know what's coming. Not enough confidence, though, to yell it out, which is why everybody says, talk, talk. What if he jumps that? What if he undercuts that and then he breaks it out? Yep. And he goes like he runs to the corner or something, easy touchdown. Oh, what's going on? This guy's washed. Like that's how, it does take confidence to do that. One play, Patrick Peterson becomes washed. This guy. Yeah. And instead, it's Patrick Peterson's big fucking brain ends this game, gets a pick, and he's iced out on a plane ride home and absolutely jacked. fucking Yo. jacked right now. Having the hey, he's dead serious about golf too. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. His costumes too are always like uh-huh. super. Oh, yeah. His golf costumes are always well, I guess we see the way he looks. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot Hard easier, look, I yeah. guess, to dress yeah. up golf. Having the wherewithal for him too, though, to be like, hey, I'm not as good of an athlete as I used to be. So I like I have to prepare more now than I did. Like that that you really have to like check your ego i assume yeah. to do something like that's that a generational thing though right like him saying his cousins and uncles played mm-hmm. and people he knew play i think and we've talked about this before if i'm running a team and i have the opportunity to get a son of an nfl guy yeah. or a nephew mm-hmm. of an nfl guy Sertain, f- fucking give me Horn, give me that guy he's Bosa's, seen what it takes yeah. to be a pro that's a massive advantage for oh, guys yes. huge advantage obviously you know they're going to have the athletic genes most likely but knowing what's going on between the ears because everybody on that field on sundays are, are top-tier athletes. So that's what separates you. And to his point, once you start to slow down physically, that's when everything else has to pick up, you know, mentally. That's why Brady's able to play. He's taking great care of his body, obviously, but mentally he's seen every coverage. He's seen every adjustment. He knows probably the fathers of a lot of these coordinators who kind of mm-hmm. coach these other uh, coaches up. So um, that, that uh, most of the time, though, when you figure it out mentally, your body is slowing down too much or you're too banged up at that point. So um, putting that extra time and extra money into taking care of your body as well. Yeah, hanging on. I think Drew Brees said it. He said, uh, he said, as my knowledge in football IQ is growing, I'm just trying to get my body to hang on. Because he mm-hmm. said it's, it's almost getting e- – like the game's getting a lot easier for oh, me, yeah. but I'm trying to get my body to hang on. And I don't think that just goes for quarterback position. That goes for fucking – Every position out there. Yeah, and with the Vikings, too, and Kevin O'Connell, obviously, like, the situational football is at a different level because they've won all these one-score games. But even in the presser after the game, like, the mindset of, hey, it's fourth and 18, just throw it to our best player. Like, I, not overthinking it. <laughs> Kevin O'Connell. Like, yeah. Yeah, I basically right. call it. It's, it's hard to strategize a fourth and 18. Yeah. Uh, you and Justin Jefferson are going to have to figure this out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Let's go ahead and make a play here. You talk about, like, with the Colts even. It's like, hey, you got Jonathan Taylor, just hand him the ball. But sometimes it's hard for teams just to use their best player. Hey, you got a six foot seven tight end named Jelani Woods who every time he's on the field, he fucking makes a play. Can we maybe draw something up? Maybe not even. Just yeah. tell them, hey, 
fucking go run. Go we get need open. You, we need you on this quartile of uh-huh. the field. Yeah. Uh, the field. We need <laughs> you right. in the upper quartile of this particular yep. field. It's like yep. Edron James talked about. He's, it's football, man. Yeah. yeah. It's fo- damn complicated. And everybody talks about it, so I think everybody thinks it's so much more sophisticated. And it certainly is sophisticated. The smarter you are, the better you're going to be. But at the end of the day, can somebody make? There's a only play? so much yeah. they can do. Only yeah. so much they can do, and it's about winning one-on-one matchups. That's what it is. Congrats to the Vikings on being a team this year. They're awesome. We learn about In the Trenches with good guy, Gorilla, A.Q. Shipley. I'll be. There it is. Okay, thank you. Come on, Coach. We get a chance to hear Coach Pagano Mm -hmm. chit-chat about both teams on Thursday Night Football and what a team meeting kind of sounds like or would sound like for both teams playing on Amazon Prime later that day. But one of the segments that I don't think anybody else has – and one of the segments no. that has made the football world much, much better yeah. blossoms on this particular program every single Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We are lucky and blessed to have this a part of our program. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Everything DB with nine-year NFL vet, former corner, safety, and nickelback in the NFL, Darius Butler. Hey, hey, yes, sir. Week 11 already. Let's get to some Damn. plays, good and bad, from week 10. But before we do that, you know, I like to throw up some slides here and there. I think this is another one. Um, there was a video going around. I'm not sure who posted it, but uh, actually a couple of screenshots where they were talking about Trent Williams and his stance. Oh, yeah. And then yeah, a couple people voice. responded to it. And I chose Emmanuel Acho. I heard him what talking happened? about wait, it. Wait, wait, I missed this. That was obviously you didn't want to talk about it because it sounded like there was some drama with this. Oh, Trent yeah, Williams, it's, it's, yeah. tip and play. Someone basically in, showed two screenshots, one of a run, Which one is, of a pass. Yeah. Pass, obviously. It's not a big deal. His left leg's back in the run. It's not. Oh, and if we watch in the trenches and whenever AQ says, uh, hey, look at this play, and we're zoomed in on it, and we got a chance to have like a little bit of an aerial shot on mm-hmm. it, you can kind of see every once in a while like a guard who's pulling clearly more weight. On oh, yeah. right foot, then left foot. But in the moment, lined up in a three tech might not be as easy yeah. to see as it is from the sky. AJ, who oh, this was a thing. Yeah. This was a thing. Yeah. So got this it. was a thing. And then, but what got is this? Orlovsky? No. Is it Dane? Oh, Dan, yeah, yeah. Dan did have one early with the Panthers. Yeah, well, standing here. Fucking yeah. malpractice. Yeah. But uh, it's something you see all the time. But no, anyway, don't speak that coach did Darren. get fired. Yeah, what, and no, this geez. guy got absolutely lit up. Okay, anyways. Sorry about it. Go ahead. But anyway. What's up? Go I ahead. got a question real quick. Deep, yeah. okay. Deep, thank With, you for bringing that, this up. They don't know we're going to get into this. And I just learned as about this. As far as that stance goes, when you say like, this this is 100% run, this is 100% pass, how about those plays that go to the line with a run and pass called, and they don't know. Like, exactly. And, and Jimmy G throws it quick outside, and he's your blocking run. What about that? Exactly. It, 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 this is not, once again, it's not yeah, a big deal. And even knowing run and pass, shit, what run? What pass? Exactly. You know so what you mean? wanted us to talk about this? No, 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 no. Yeah. The reason I brought it up was no, actually Acho's like, oh, response to that tweet when he was talking about everything that a linebacker is dealing with pre-snap as far as getting it down the distance and the call and all these other things. And during when him talking, I'm thinking like, damn, like what the process that he was talking about wasn't a good one. So in the huddle, there should be what? certain communication, <laughs> right? So in the huddle, there should we be certain communication. We did not know this was coming. Whoa. It's not, not a shot at anybody, but I'm just – Will Compton oh. actually replied to him and said basically what I'm getting into right now. But defensive huddle communication, things that should happen – um, certain people should be responsible for certain things. So let's say a safety, for instance. He's always responsible to tell the huddle, hey, this is the down and distance. All right, we're second and seven. We're second and 13 because there's a lot of shit going on. Everybody, and like AJ spoke about earlier, some people are just out there worried about what 
exactly do they have to do on that play? I did not know this. So yeah. most, most of the time in those huddles, safety, strong, free. Good defensive coach. It depends. It, it doesn't matter. Just a guy, usually safety a vocal room. guy. The safety yeah, somebody room. in a, a deep DB should handle this. It could be the near side corner that's to the, to your team sideline, but someone should handle this. Hey, always alerting the whole entire huddle. What's the down and distance, right? Oh, I just learned the, something. Down and distance, second and 12, second and 13, whatever. Um, and then another person should be responsible for the personnel grouping that's in the game. You know, hey, this is 11 personnel in the game. It's 12. It's, it's 12 little. Hey, it's, you know, it's, it's 11 with uh, Kelsey on the field as opposed to 11 with their big blocking tight end. So knowing the personnel and then that gets to the alerts. Once again, if it's second and 14, hey, this is a get back on track team. Alert the screen, alert the draw here. So all these things should be happening before you ever even break the huddle and get lined up ready to take a snap. Down and distance should be known by everybody in the huddle. The personnel grouping should be known as well. And then the alerts. Because when you have all three of those things, uh, kind of to what Pat, Pat Peterson said earlier, that helps you eliminate a lot of things from the offense before they even get lined up. Uh, next slide. Will Compton dunked on Acho, you're saying? Uh, yeah, he did. Hell yeah. He did. But, uh, after Acho dunked on the analytics guy. But um, this is the post-huddle communication. So once that's you come out. That's the proper out, flow of. Yeah, a dunk chain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Analytics should dunk, be the bottom. That's like how that. it works. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, so post-huddle communication. Once you come out of the huddle and now you're aligned, these are some other communications that should be had. Hey, where's the close call, okay? Now, you get a lot of funky formations now, but where is the tight end? Usually, wherever the tight end aligns, that closes the defense. So it could be closed right, it could be closed left, and that'll dictate, let's say it's an eight-man box, like a down safety, which safety is going to be down in the box. So the safety should communicate, hey, down right, down left, and that's letting A.J. To the line, rest of the defense. To the rest of the, really the linebackers. The linebackers need to know which way the safety's down. Boss and um, bow away, like we said. You got to boss or bow away from that safety who's down. Exactly. Oh. So down, down left, down right, having that communication. That's why I always say a quiet defense is a dead defense because all these things. And then for me, I was a, a nickel for a lot of my career. As soon as I come out of the huddle, I'm letting guys know, hey, nickel left, nickel left, nickel right, nickel right, because certain defenses, certain coverages were dictated on where I aligned certain blitzes. It could be away from me. It could be to me. So now everybody knows when the huddle, you know the things that we're talking about in the huddle. Now we're coming out of the huddle. It's closed right, down left, nickel left, you know, whatever it is, all these communicate. So now the people that don't know, now you hear it. And a lot of times when you're talking, you're talking to yourself as well at the same time. So post-huddle communication here, we had the pre-huddle, uh, pre in-the-huddle you communication. See, you see it too. Uh, What's that? Yeah. A bunch of mean cusses D- well, up no, there. Well, no, put that sweet patch on his fucking uniform and no one that else. Was, uh, oh, that was uh, Hall of Fame? Yep. Yeah. Hall of Fame game? Hall of Fame. We didn't play in all. Year? No, what was this? D-Bud, did you Jeez. Photoshop that badge? <laughs> 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 What's good? Hey, that's yeah, yeah. Oh, By the way, that, that photo right there, that image right there could come from a lot of games. d got his hands on the ball a lot. Yeah. We're talking about ball hawk on his thing. Go back uh, a little <laughs> zoomed out. That guy on the left, AJ, you should have seen his size of his fucking head. Dequell Jackson, this dude wore the oldest helmet of all time. Like, we're talking about the old, heavy fucking thing. Grizzled vet when he got to the Colts. He had already done hard time in Cleveland. (laughs) Hard time in Cleveland. His locker was right next to mine. When he showed up, hold – I love this. I love Dequell Jackson. I am a massive fan of his. He's awesome. You know him, AJ? Yeah, I know. A little bit, yeah. He's Dequell is the man. You talk about a, a rockhead, but also a super athlete. That's him. Well, yeah. and also he smokes cigars that are fucking. We're talking. <laughs> he's smoking really? these cigar. Yes, I'm, he is big Dequell fan. Also, yep. Antoine Bethea, Hall of Fame finalist. Yep. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Hall of Fame finalist. Here we go. So uh, yeah, 
a lot of communication that should be taking place uh, in the huddle and after the huddle. Now let's get to the plays. Okay. Uh, first one. Uh, we're going to start with the bad plays. And this isn't necessarily a bla- bad play. The only thing uh, we'll get to, everybody has seen this play at this point, gloves, sleeves are in the Hall of Fame. Fourth and 18, game's on the line, two minutes left in the game. Like K.O. said, just get the ball to 18. He's aligning the slot. This is kind of like a cover two. These guys are playing cover two. Everybody except the corners, since it's such a long, it's fourth in the bus ride. These corners are going to sink and pretty much play outside leverage and funnel him inside to the safeties. Fourth in the bus ride. But he's going to stay attached to Thielen uh, down here. And then Jefferson, obviously, he's going to run the seven route and make an unbelievable catch. And the the only coaching point here for this safety would be, and coaches would say it, Knock the ball down, right? It's fourth and 18. Just go and knock it down. It's better for field position. It, is, it eliminates the uh, possibility of 18 coming down with this like he did. But as a player, every opportunity to intercept that ball, you want to go up there and get it. So that's what he's thinking. I get it. But it's just an unbelievable catch from Justin Jefferson here. And pretty much I would call this a cover two carry. Frazier lo- runs a lot. Leslie Frazier, another uh, Hall of Fame finalist. A lot of cover, too. He likes to finesse it a lot. So this is basically what this is right here. Is that how deep they're supposed to be behind on 4th and 18? That's the sticks or no? No, the safeties, are in, they're in good position. They, you know, everything's in front of them. They're playing everything top down. The corners, as I said, they're sinking. They're not, worried, they're not worried about flat routes, short routes. Everybody's up here. You see Thielen pretty much ran to the stick. So he's going to keep that cornerback occupied where he is. And now it becomes a one-on-one play that Kirk just throws up for his best player. A lot of people call him the best receiver in the game right now. Uh, he goes up and makes an unbelievable play. One of the best catches I've ever seen. Uh, uh, they're oh, they're saying that it's the Shane top three. What do you think? I, I'll put it in my top three for sure. Even I'm, though it's fourth and 18 regular season game? Uh, um, huge, that's a huge moment. You know, it's I not agree. San Antonio Holmes, that, that's, that, 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 that one he called on the sideline in the Super Bowl. David Tyree. Um, Julian Edelman in the Super Bowl. Tyree, the uh, Holy, Super Bowl. The Julio catch in the Super Bowl. Uh, Odell. Yeah, but nobody remembers Yeah, yeah, they yeah. lost. Yeah, so. <laughs> so <laughs> So unbelievable they lost. Unbelievable play. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much how it happened, why it happened. Uh, but unbelievable play, great throw. Give you, give you guys an opportunity. Uh, JT got back rolling. Offensive line oh, got yeah. back rolling. Um, we, we can see this from the tight copy. It actually played play from the wide. Played from the wide. Only coaching point here for this corner is going to be a crack block on this safety. As a crack replaced corner, don't just haul ass up in there, right? Kind of slow play it. And if he if he had those extra yards back, he probably tackles JT maybe 30 yards before he gets it. Let him play from the wide real quick because I just want to show you how fast this fucking dude was running. 2-7. But on this crack block, don't just bury yourself in there. Kind of try to see what the running back sees, and they just get him on the ground at this point. This corner off that crack replace and this safety – at this point in the game, you just got to get this guy on the ground. They're supposed to be the two that should handle that. They got to get him on the ground. They're, they're not responsible when you draw it up how to stop this run, but 2-7 was rolling. If does, he had a better read off of that crack block, he maybe gets him on the ground. Does he run up there because he thinks he's got outside contained? That's, he does. He becomes the, the edge player. So that's your coach on paper, right? When your wide receiver comes to crack, now you replace that crack mm-hmm. and you end up on the edge. But once again, you got to have some, yeah. some vision and some pace to it. When that crack happens, you can't just run up and just be there. You kind of kind of have to see it, see what the running back sees, and then be able to, you know, fold back and get them on the ground. Same for the safety. Yeah. Now, this is a nightmare for the safety. When you're playing against these running backs and you play it, let them get through his line of scrimmage. Pause right there. Like, when you're a single high safety, that's, like, the nightmare. <laughs> when I moved to safety my ninth year, that was the thing that I worried about more than anything else. Just Most, having it, mostly because of this and yeah, this. He, he, just, he can go anywhere. And these guys... <laughs> 
they're in the league because they don't get tackled one-on-one by these guys. Like, that's why he is who he is. So um, great speed. Uh, this was great to see, obviously, as a Colts fan, as an NFL fan. I'm sure Nick was excited to see this. If he still, if he didn't trade Jonathan Taylor yet off his fantasy team. His ass is gone. But, uh, good, good run. Great play. Great but play. here, um, and AJ can kind of coach this up much better than I can, but running back, what I just see is this is that wineback block that, um, you know, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau made a little more famous this preseason. But Mo Alley, he's going to come and go at uh, Mason Crosby, Max Crosby's legs. But 50, I feel like 50 should come down and kind of set a wall on Ryan Kelly right near this hash, but 2-5. Once, once, yeah. once Y goes back across, his running back from the top, once, once this Y, this tight end, goes back across to make this block, you, you got to move over. He should lead you into your new gap. So 2-5, should, he shouldn't even get cracked by this receiver because he should be fitting in this hole right here. Yep. You see Ryan Kelly, and he's running around blocks. He's now, you saw he started here. Now he's down near four yards inside this hash. So he has to come down. He'll make a wall, fill this gap, and then 2-5 has to bump over and get in that gap. But when it doesn't happen, this is what happens. Well, and based on uh, in the trenches, because that crack block came down, is that why 27 thinks the ball's coming out on his hit, hip? Once again, his, yep, his responsibility is because now he becomes that edge defender. He was the edge defender, but once that edge gets cracked, you have to crack replace as a DB. So he could have slow played this corner. a little more because look at where the running back is. But this is really on 2-5. 2-5, once Y goes back across, wow. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. Uh, was it a boss? Boss over. Fall. You just fall back, like with that, with Mo Alley Cox, like that action. They all fall back and throw on a string. That's the only way you stop. Them. Yeah. Well, 50's got to squeeze too. Yeah, 50's, 50's got to squeeze. Like he he got to squeeze and take that hole. I mean, it's a, it's a great play, great execution up front by our offensive line and the tight end doing his job. That's all he got to do. He just got to make sure nine eight doesn't come off this edge and make a play. But 50's got to. Crosby almost gets it. Too. Yeah. What a dog. Nice condor. Yeah, Crosby wasn't close. Whoa, wasn't whoa. Close. What's and, that there? That's him doing his that's job. A, that's a big gaping hole. Yes, sir. That's what they're looking for. And love to see yeah. it. Sorry, Al. Bro, he's striding. He's yeah. moving. Yeah. So it's good to see him healthy. Obviously, Last the ankle looks fine. He, exactly. He looks like the old JT. I wish I could have got a shot of Jeff Saturday on that one on the sideline. Saturday. This is Saturday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is the other one. All right, so this third quarter um, – this is 13 personnel, actually. So you got a re- one receiver on the field. So 13 personnel, one back, three tight ends. And we're actually going to end up with eight guys in coverage. I think only three people are going to rush. And they're only going to end up with two people in this route concept. And it's the same route that we've been seeing every week. Post from here and a crosser from him, here from Kelsey. So Kelsey's lined up here. He's essentially going to be the, uh, the Z receiver in this because this guy's going to drop in and block and max protect. So I'm not sure who's supposed to follow him, either this guy or maybe a backside flat defender should get depth, but he's going to end up wide open, uncovered, best player on their offense, you know, after Pat Mahomes. So he's going to be completely dropped here. Jesus. And once again, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people in coverage. And we have one, two people in the pass concept, and you got a guy wide open. Like that, that, that can't happen. What's that? Miscommunication? Bad call? What is it? That's miscommunication. I think lining him up there as well, because in, in the alignment, he's not technically the number one receiver. 
But once this tight end comes oh, down and blocks, yeah, once he comes down and blocks, he becomes a number one receiver. But he was the only thing that came vertical. He was the only receiver that came vertical. So if they are in a three deep here, he should just take him and carry him across. But I'm, once again, I'm not even sure what this coverage is. Like if he's supposed to be dropping down, like I'm not sure. But somebody from here got to carry him across because this guy on the line of scrimmage that's dropping in the flats, he'll never be able to play this top down. So I think it's a good play. Obviously, you're max protecting. You're giving them time. But you only got two people in this route, and you got eight people in coverage. I don't like to read body language because I don't know, and Mm -hmm. I don't know coverage. This guy's body language makes me think this is his guy. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. Just just, kind of watch the point afterwards, too. Agree. And a little bit of loss. You see see he's pointing this linebacker. He's pointing, so he's expecting someone to pick it up. But nobody picks it. Like, somebody's got to pick this up. That backside flat defender, once again, will not. Maybe the backside corner should have fell off. Maybe that front side safety should have carried him across. Not sure who, whose issue it was, but we can't have eight guys in coverage, two guys in a route concept, and we, and we leave 87, Travis Kelsey, wide ass. Don't want to blame that guy and be like the TV commentators do, but I think by the way he acted, he's either the smartest guy on the field saying, oh, shit, nobody's covering that guy, or he was the guy that was supposed to cover that yeah, guy. Yeah, one and of the he, two. And he forgot maybe, oh, no, yeah. maybe mm-hmm. one of those moments, which happened, right? Oh, yeah, it happens all the time, but, you know, you can't have it. Cannot have it in this situation. 13 personnel once again, so three tight ends on the field. Wide open. Wide open. So, he, so who's 23? Hey, what do you think? Who's he going to, AJ? What do you think 23 is saying? He's going over top of him, so he's running. He's pointing, pointing to the over, but, yeah, we don't know if that is that corner on that side supposed to chase him all the way over because D-Butt's right, the curl flat defender who starts out on the line of scrimmage, he's not going to be dropping 16 yards deep. Yeah. So it's either that front side, I mean, like, but it doesn't look like that safety is necessarily down. That'll make you say this is a single high coverage. So it looks like a split safety coverage. And if it's a split safety coverage, it's definitely on him to carry him across. But um, you only got one, two, three guys rushing. You got eight guys dropping. And we got a wide, the best player running routes for them wide open. Like look at he, his ball he, he, from Mahomes. Yeah, absolutely yeah, can't have it. Look at his so, yeah, so he's rolling away. He's five yards outside the hash and throws it back across, but he's, once again, wide-ass open. They're going to win it. What? <laughs> so they are. Easy. It's over. championship, Dolphins, Chiefs. <laughs> you heard it here first. They're going to win it all. That's what you think? Dolphins, Chiefs, yeah. AFC championship? Top two teams in the AFC. You can bet opinion. that right now. It's in pretty yeah. good odds. Yeah. I mean, look at this. I mean, what about your Chargers? All day, too. Play? All day. You got, eight all day. In, you got eight in coverage. You got eight, eight in coverage. Yeah. You have a two-man route. That's what's got to be oh. so frustrating. Yeah, for he Seattle has all defense. day because of this, right? We're just talking like about three-man rush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, max protect. Yeah, and, and you think he almost team. didn't throw it to him because he's like, hey, there's no way Kelsey should be this wide to fuck open be on trick. this play. It's got to yeah. be a trick. It's got to yeah, be a exactly. trick. What they got? It's too easy. Up there, sleeve. We got uh one more one more play on the. Way too easy. Uh, this is Alexander here. Um, oh, this shit. is once again. This is a leverage thing, though. A lot of defense. AJ talks about it all the time. It comes down to leverage. Got to be outside leverage. Keep the leverage here. You'll see all this help inside. CD Lamb is going to run a good route where you see him tightening down, right? So he's coming down the split once again. That lets you know even more. Let me keep my outside leverage. But let just let this one play. You see, it's a good route from CD. Hey, he's going down there to create more room, right? More room out there. Yep. Or to get across the field. That's what receives. So, boom, he gives you the fake oh, over route, no. and then he straightens them up and runs the out. So, run it back from the top. So, you'll see just like that crossing route we just saw from Kelsey, which he's probably thinking, are we going to go and give him the short motion? So, you think crosser, goes crosser, straightens him up and come back out. But 
Jair got to uh, maintain his leverage and use all these paws. Like, these are all your bodies inside that, that can help you. You know, these are underneath guys, obviously, and these are these other uh, safeties back there. So use those guys and don't let them beat you. Like, you can't let them beat you. So now he, once he breaks to this outside leverage, he's breaking away from every defender on the field. Bye-bye. So, so huge play, good throw from Dak. Oh. Obviously, it wasn't enough to get it dubbed, but got to use your leverage. Keep your leverage there if you're Jair Alexander. Not – 100% sure what this coverage was. They were they were mixing it up back here with these safety. You'll see it paid off for him uh, ultimately to win this game. But yeah, bad eyes too. Bad eyes at the top. When he gave him that, when he gave him that little stutter at the top, his eyes were definitely in the backfield. Peek. Ooh. Oh, Can't peek. No. Ooh. He's been balling though, right? Jair's been balling. Year. Good year. Good year. Solid year. Solid year. You're warranting his. <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, I think he's probably underperform. I mean. At least fans think he's underperformed yeah, considering what you expected coming into a this year. A lot of times, you know, first-year guys get that bag. A lot of times you see that first year kind of, uh, and then that, at some point he'll pick it up. But he'll pick it up. Good, really really good player, uh, really competitive, super athletic. I don't um, think they use like not taking a shot. He's just saying, not taking, like, no, hey, this guy needs off. to remember, like, why you got paid. That's what people, mm-hmm. I think, no. happens when people make money and they aren't as good afterwards. It's yeah. like new scheme. Hey, new scheme, too. New scheme. You saw with uh, J.C. Jackson, who got injured, went to a new scheme out of L.A. But um, well, that these, happens all the time. These guys are <laughs> great players, though. Great players. I love on. love Jair. Had him on the had him on the tape last week, making a big play. Um, this was the which which one is this? This is not the first the Patrick Peterson. This is the first one. Yeah. So this fourth and two, fourth and two, oh, ten forty two yeah. left in the clock. Right. So at this point, the Bills are up ten points. Pick the field goal. Not, I mean, you could kick the field goal, but you trust, you know, this is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, so you trust him to get two yards, you're throwing and running the ball. But you play this ball, this is going to be a teaching point for young corners. Uh, play it. And once Josh Allen gets out of it, he's going to break the pocket. So once again, it's another two-by-two two formation. So you see the routes. Now Josh Allen's going to break this pocket. When he breaks the pocket as DBs, before the ball's in the air, we can contact receivers, right? We can push them. So if you ever have a, a receiver near the sideline, and the quarterback is out of the pocket, just push him out of bounds, right? And the receiver usually stay out of bounds because he doesn't want the quarterback to think he's still eligible to catch the ball because if he catches it, it'll be a penalty. Um, so he pushes him out of bounds and then just, ha- just puts his eyes back on the quarterback and ends up stealing his play. Josh Allen never sees him. Oh. So that's what happens there. That's how he makes that play. Veteran move by him, pushing him out, taking advantage of that rule, and then getting his eyes back to the quarterback and using his ball skills and his athleticism to take over and make that play. What do you say? He said he's still running at 20-plus mile an hour yep, or whatever. Yeah. And this one, his head was running like 23 miles That's an hour. Right. Boom. I don't know if you saw it, his head was going too fast for his damn body right there. He did get a little too much forward lean here, but you'll see it from the back copy. It's kind of one of those second reaction plays that Josh Allen, you know, does a lot, and usually good things happen. But fourth quarter, you're up 10 points. Oh, Michael Kendrick's in your grill. Yeah, you had two guys in your in your face, but um, dude, just shoving a guy out of bounds though. Shove, yeah, so you shove him out of bounds. So now Isaiah point. McKenzie's out of the play. You're ineligible. He's ineligible. You see a ref, the ref's hat right there. So that's mm-hmm. what the ref would do once the guy steps out. He'll throw the hat down, which kind of reminds him because this play goes on long enough. He probably fucking forget. But obviously his hat's off. He knows this guy's and he stands up. If he was if he came back and bounced, some guys come back and bounce, just put their hands up like this, like don't throw it. But good job by him staying out of bounds. But great job by Pat P pushing him out and then just becoming that extra player to have eyes back on that quarterback. Golly. And it's like in a plaster situation. So a, a veteran, a heady play right Dog. there by Pat P. 
Um, and this Same is thing, you push one. him down too, D. But if you can, like, say you see the quarterback scramble and you're covering a wheel or something, push that dude on the ground. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And, they, and, they, and a lot of times they can't see it or they see it after you. So great job by him. And then this is uh, no, it's the, it's same, the same, same one, one the same, same one. one. So yeah. as soon as he gets out of the pocket, you're allowed to hit a guy. Yep. As soon as he breaks that uh, same that same tackle box, that as soon as he breaks that, you're allowed. To, so in this plaster situation, any contact, any con- you can push. You can't hold him. You can chuck him. So it's like a chuck rule. You can push him. You can't hold him. Yeah. But um, anywhere around, you can push him. And when they're near that sideline, that helps so much because if you don't chuck him out, then this, court, this receiver can just run around and just get open. So uh, great job by Pat P. Obviously knowing that rule because as soon as he pushed him out, you just see him get his eyes back to the quarterback. So he's out of play. Boom. Now let me go help somebody else and make a play. Because if he, if he doesn't go back and make this play, Knox – could probably catch that in the back yeah, of the zone. You've seen Josh Allen make that throw a lot. Hey, that's big brain football, right? That's big uh-huh. brain football, right? There. I didn't know that. Yeah, me neither. I didn't know. Yeah. You, I'm learning a lot right now. Yeah, this is big, a good day. Big brain football. Isaiah McKenzie also can he come back in and make a tackle, or is he just not? Yes. In the oh, he can make a first person to touch a ball. Yeah. So he could have right there. He could have probably chased after. Yeah. Him. If he come back in and that ball goes <laughs> off of Pat P's hands, then he can catch it. Can't be the first person can't to be, touch the ball. Okay. Cannot be. This is just like in a punt. Whenever you're doing a pooch punt. Can't run out of bounds. So a lot of people in punting, they you're not allowed to just run directly out of bounds. You have to have somebody touch you. Mm-hmm. So you see a lot of gunners who are facing a double team are running at the outside shoulder hard to make contact, trying to get out of bounds so you can get a little relief, and then you have to get back in in yeah. proper time. Mm-hmm. Pooch time, you can't do that because if you go out of bounds, you can't be the first person to touch the ball. could be the second one, though. Yep. So if somebody bats it, you can, you can save down, it. Yeah. But you can't be the first one. I, that's... That's a great fucking point you just yeah. made right there. I so feel young, smart. Young DBs know that. If, uh, coach, coaches usually coach you up to it, but that's definitely something you can forget or overlook. But coaches get to it. As, so this play will probably be one of those plays that a coach will kind of put up and say, hey, this is what happened. This is why it happened. Know this rule if you don't know it. Um, and then this is the play that uh, Pat P. already talked about that we went over with uh, Patty Piero earlier. Going to a two-by-two, knowing what's coming formation-wise. You see the communication between him and Harrison Smith on the same side. He's pointing. uh, Harrison's talking. And then this is something that we talk about almost every week from this part of the field. Veteran corners knowing, I can't let this guy cross my face. And when he does, when you get to that goal line, that's when you undercut it, which Pat P. did here. You're going to undercut it. You drop your nuts and go make a play. Man. So great job ben. reading that, anticipating it. That's where plays come in at DB. You don't make big plays at DB just lining up and just playing ball. That was the young Pat P making those type of plays. Now you got to understand concepts, understand splits, formations, situations, where you're on the field, and then you're going to make that play. Cerebral. Yeah, and you'll see him kind of hesitate on the throw the first time because this guy is the clearest window. We uh, talked about this a few weeks ago with the Eagles with that Dino route the one that Darius Slay picked off on the other side of the field. This is pretty much the same play almost, but he goes around him this time. A little uh, bit of hitch there. Yeah, a little bit of hitch. So I don't know what he saw. Maybe he saw Kendrick's flash, and that um, made him hesitate. But um, that hitch helped, um, helped uh, Pat Peek in there too. But big-time wow. play, big-time play. You think the Bills will be fine? So now you just said the Dolphins. I mean, I'll tell uh, you who I have. Yeah. Are they winning the Super Bowl? I wouldn't pick them to win the Super Bowl this year. They win in the division? You think he sees and him? And the Dolphins, baby. <laughs> you think you see him? He I think I him? think he's, you know, at quarterback, you see guys flash. So he probably sees him flash right there because he probably wants to put this on a rope. So he flashes, and as soon as he goes by and kind of clears that window, and then he throws it. And does he ever make this throw? I don't think he, he'll ever get that ball. I think if it's not picked off, Pat P at least gets a hand on it. But that's a great play that was made um, really pre-snap. 
but away. I enjoyed Patrick Peterson mm-hmm. on the yeah. show earlier. Yeah. He yeah. was awesome, AJ. Yeah. He's super smart, man. He has a crazy – I don't know if you've seen – D-Bet, have you seen his car collection? He has some awesome, like, old-school muscle cars. Yeah, I think he, he might have a car shop out there. Yeah, in, his, uh, own, like, his own big old garage. Like, it sounds like he's Jay Leno, basically. Yeah, he, wow. he's got some wow. nice – Whoa! Stay away from the gas. Jay yeah, has a bunch did. of – oh, yeah, I heard that. But Jay has yeah. a huge garage. Well, yeah. in the garage is where it happened. Yeah, yeah. Jerry, Damn, in the garage where it happened. That's what we're saying. Jeez, but yeah. You know, at Pat P, with that old CBA, I've had been new CBA. No, he's old CBA. He was old CBA. Was he saying no? He was. Um, I think he's. That was the same draft for Cam. I think Cam was the first Dang. new CBA. Oh, Sam talk. Bradford Dr. was the last Barrow one. Okay. Yeah, Candy Ooh. Shop. Yeah, that's the name of his um of his spot out there. I think they uh, took down the Cardinals logo though. I'm not sure. Maybe. Off yeah, the wall. That's, that's yeah, I think they the painted wall, over it. Yeah. Oh, you went back to the purple colors. I should have recognized that earlier. You know, oh, yeah. baller uh, goes back to Minnesota, their baller. That's probably why he picked him. That's probably why. Yeah. Probably. Some sweet whips, though. Jeez. Yeah, that jacked-up Camaro right there in the back, that thing probably 600, 700 horsepower. I bet you those back wheels yeah. get to spinning. Dom <laughs> 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 You know what I mean, AJ? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know. Exactly. Maybe 700, 800 horsepower on that thing? Those old schools. Well, who's sponsoring Seven that? Fast, Seven Furious. <laughs> Tra seven fast. Tra seven furious. How about the fucking twenty fours on this yeah, old school? That is sweet. Huge. Yeah, clean too. Interior. Interior's awesome, yeah. Not driving those in Minnesota. Absolutely. In the summer. No, nah, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Potholes in Minnesota. Think about how cold it gets. No chance. Yeah, Minneapolis though. Nice big city. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I might around. drive around downtown. Yeah. yeah. Eden Park. Yeah, I like that he has the hood off too because he's like, hey, under a hood. We got a fucking big boy, too, don't you? Yeah, check it out. He's ain't just the wheels that are big around here. Uh-huh. You drive on Lake Minnetonka. Yeah, you could. You yeah. see a wolf and don't say tie shit in his pants. Oh, yeah. you see a wolf, you just run that That's son a of a bitch over with that. He's guy. racing that thing. That's a oh, drag. Yeah. That's a drag. That might be a thousand horsepower, I guess. Look at that thing. He's tied Microsoft. GoPro. Yeah, sponsored. Madden. Pop back there. Pepsi. Jesus Christ. Oh, score. I remember score sports. Score. Is he racing? GoPro? It looks like it, yeah. Those wheels would be... GoPro, uh, yeah. There's a number on it. Papa the John's? Back. These are drag races. This is drag Pop race. John Snatter? Well, I Whoa. think that was probably the Shaq. 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 Yeah. yeah. I saw... I didn't know. Do you know? Did you know? This surprised me. This weekend I was taking a shit. Yeah. Quite a surprise. You know John Schnatter still got an Instagram? Oh, yeah. John, Does he? Papa John Schnatter is <laughs> yeah, alerts on Instagram. His close friends, yeah. right? Yeah, here. wait, why does he still have Instagram? Notifications are on. For John Schneider? Yeah, I need to see exactly what Tony, you need to get your camp in order. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Dude, you, the Italians need to dial it in. Yeah, he is, that, uh, is. that man is uh, Schneider. Yeah. Oh, guy's a daywalker. Well, exactly, oh. but you said you got notifications yeah, yeah. on. You said daywalker. Exactly. Daywalker, for those that are wondering, is an Italian that does not have an apparent Italian name. Correct. Okay. Uh, like John Schneider, <laughs> who, who is, and he says what the name is. There's only one Italian man you should have notifications on for. Who's that? He went to Harvard and Yale, and he's currently <laughs> governor of Florida. All right. Okay. okay. And he was a goddamn American war hero. All right. All right. All right. All right. Jack Carr actually writes his stories based <laughs> off this man's life. AJ, I learned this morning that uh, in the think tank over there that the boys have learned about potential presidential drama going on mm-hmm. in one particular party, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they have fastly pledged their allegiance, yeah. it sounds like. Yeah. Well, AJ's kind of worried, yeah. actually, because his guy made the announcement last night that he was running for president in 2024. <laughs> Who's now, that? Donald Trump. Uh, AJ had a whole entire party at his house. Axel yep. dressed like him, yep. and all his kids dressed uh, up like yep. his other sons. Yeah. And now everybody's kind of stuff like Trump. Yeah. 
Oh, fuck. Sounds like something I would do. Yeah. Life yeah. Can we get back to everything, DB? Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Third and goal. What uh, quarter was this? The fucking most watched game. Almost 30 people tuning in to watch this game, right? So third and goal. That's a lot quarter. of people. A whole lot of people. Yeah. yeah. A whole lot of people. That's, that's Cowboys. A whole lot of people. But this is big. Cowboys going in to score right here. Third and goal right here. My guy Rudy Ford. Where you yeah. at? Where you at? Rudy Ford in here playing. This is him right here. He's going to be playing his goal line once again. So this is some type of miscommunication between Schultz and CD because they end up in the same spot, which DBs love because now we can cover both of them um, just doing our thing. But let this play. Those empty, empty personnel, they're doing their thing up here. They're doing their thing down here. Bad, poor spacing, great read, great break. Once again, you got two guys literally in the same exact spot. Dak is throwing his ball still with anticipation. Rudy Ford with vision, undercutting at the goal line once mm. again. Big time play. This is um, he had two interceptions this game. Two big interceptions. Mm-hmm. Rudy, was, you know, CD was like not that, pumped uh, I, with uh, eight six. No. Yeah, hey, get out of. It's supposed to be a touchdown for me. You brought your fucking guy into here, and now it's yeah. all. Real. The other interception was going to CD as well, and it looked like some type of either miscommunication or not the greatest route. But um, we saw packet too. Cause he got two. How come it's like, uh, is that a thing? You get your hands on one, you're going to get your hands. Is it because of where you're playing? Is it because of what the offense is I doing? I mean, they, they always say they come in bunches. That's one of the things people say. DB Celebrity say, deaths? But, um, I don't, well, yeah, turnovers. Turnovers come in bunches. You and get celebrity one? deaths. Yeah. <laughs> but Rudy Ford hasn't been playing a ton. Uh, you know, he was Next out there. To Actually, a former teammate of Patrick Peterson's out in Arizona. So um, shout out to Rudy getting his shine. Ty said earlier, we talked about the play. He said, yeah, I anticipate him playing probably 10 snaps next game. Mm-hmm. But um, big-time play for Rudy Ford here, getting his read in a big-time moment in the game. Obviously, second half, third and goal. They're going to score from the 11-yard line. If they bat this down, they settle for a field goal. Instead, boom, we get the ball back to our quarterback, and we drive down. And uh, He never let him get across his face at all, right, from no, the beginning? No, So this is the thing, DBs. Like, this is like a ledge almost, that goal line, because – they can catch the ball here or they can catch the ball at the back. It's still a touchdown. So once they get near there, you got to beat them to a spot. And that's what he does there. Great job getting a read on the quarterback, beating him to the spot, catching that thing, looking at it in, and then bringing it out. If you got some speed, if you got some wheels, bring them out, man. So now you got your offense on what almost the plus or the minus 40 coming out. So that's great field position to start the drive. So big time play, Rudy. DB, why don't you think he's put – because they've used him almost exclusively on special teams. Yep. And he looked – I mean, not just at coverage. Like, he was physical, yep. making, you know, like tackle. He, he's, he looked so much better than Darnell Savage has looked all year. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think he – isn't a great practice player. Like, why isn't he playing? You know, more? sometimes you get. He's been in the league for a while too, and he's kind of went to a few different teams, and he's been a core team in a lot of places. But he made plays in Jacksonville when he was there. And sometimes when you draft a guy or you bring a guy over in free agency, like you want to get your, you want to get something out of your investment, so you're going to put them on the field. They're going to have opportunities to fuck up multiple times before they get pulled. But then when your guy gets his chance, you take full advantage of it. This is him being obviously mentally prepared to play, um, get more reps. And like you said, it wasn't just in the pass game. The first play of the game, I think, they handed off mm-hmm. to um, – who's the back now? Pollard. 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 Yeah, Tony Pollard. And he came and make a t- made a tackle near the line of scrimmage. So um, fast, physical, and guys – he obviously knows where to be on the field. So I hope he continues to get more and more playing time. But he, he made some huge plays in this game, and this is one of them. You get two picks in front of 30 million people. There's going to be some other GMs that are potentially going to see him too. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I, if he's a teamer and he's a vet, probably only a one-year deal here. Mm-hmm. I'd assume is the he got. I think he got released. May have got released right before the season. Yeah, he did. Or they, yeah. When did he get picked up here? Yeah, like bef- right before right, the year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So 
Yeah, hey. Basacha wanted him. That's why they. That's oh, why they signed him. Hey, it's good. Ah, hey, it's hmm, good Richie. to not a daywalker. No, 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 no. That's very Italian. Mm-hmm. Special oh, teams Richie. coordinators are good people to have in your corner when it comes to getting on teams, getting on rosters. If so they know Italians. you. If you, <laughs> but Italians you put an Italian right? special teams coach. Yeah, yeah. best Jeez, of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Some great Italians in Depending the corner. Depending on who's so, catching uh, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, but this is another big time play here. You're going to look at this safety, 2 2. It's going to be a single high safety. And what Jalen Hurts has been doing all season, he sees that single high, he's throwing to his guy, 11. And uh, just watch this rep from this post safety here. You know, let it play and then uh, watch. So you're going to motion over. He's going to end up picking up here, picking up there. It looks like cover three. It's going to look like man up there. But since based on what these two linebackers do, I'll call it cover three, like a cover three carry. But uh, watch this post safety. I think could have got a little deeper earlier, but has a great break. Once he gets out of his break, he actually run, – run it back one more time. Oh, yeah, run it back one more time. That was the drill at the combine. Exactly. That was yeah. literally the drill at the it, combine. Exactly. And he felt himself – not being deep enough initially. So when he paused it right out of his break. So when he comes out of his break, he's not he feels like, okay, I'm not in a position where I can just look back and play the ball right now. So he literally came out of his break, put his eye directly on AJ Brown, and then took the perfect angle. You'll probably see it better from the back high, but let it play one more time. All right, here we go. We're good. So just watch. Obviously he'll come into the screen later. But out of his break, his head is going to go right to the receiver. So right now, he's not even looking at the ball right now. He's looking at A.J., okay, am I in a position yet? And once he gets in a position, he's going to look back at the last second and time this perfectly. And then, obviously, big time to come down with a boop. Oh, oh, boy. I mean, he turned it to the receiver right there. So as a post safety, you get a good read on that quarterback, and then you obviously, you know, if you're not deep enough, you find that, that angle. So he came find that <laughs> angle, found the angle, I'm sorry. It made a great, great play on the ball. Primetime game, obviously, what the Eagles have been doing. Obviously, they were 8-0 coming into this game, and they were top of the league in turnover ratio, second in the league in points off of turnovers. Um, so, obviously, you know, when you, when you beat, when that's you are, you know, that's obviously a, a big, um, big indicator who's going to win the game, obviously. The score, turnover margin, and then field position. So, if you're winning the turnover battle, you're likely going to win the game. And they're winning the turnover battle, and they're running the ball, keeping this offense on the sideline. So big-time play right here. Dude, that's the drill at the combine. Yeah. Yeah. The drill, yeah. That's literally the drill at the combine. Back, flip your hips, run, eye, ball, catch, finish. Unbelievable. Yeah. Now and now he's fucking go finish that. Yeah. That is literally the combine Score. drill right there. What's his, what's his name? I got to shout his name out. Yeah, is us too. Effort? We should give him a fucking shout-out too. What's his name? Tutu. I do like him noticing, oh, shit, we're even right now. Yeah, that, 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 that was my favorite part about this rep is him having a wherewithal to know, okay, let me just not keep running. Let me get, in, let me get my perfect angle, boop, 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 come out of that break digging and then going and making a play. Because we've seen, we've seen 11 come down with this more times than not. Yeah, Derek so, Forrest, second year out of Cincinnati. Derek Forrest. Luke Shout Fickle. Out, Boom. Mm-hmm. Shout out to D. Forrest, man. Boom. Hell Great of a play. play. AJ, how cool would it be to be that athletic? It's pretty amazing. Yeah, like Debo, that's a great point you bring up. But he, he felt like he was even. A lot of times guys will run and you kind of peek at the quarterback and at like the wideout instead of like digging and getting to where you need to get. And then all of a sudden you're not deep enough, dude yeah. dunks on you. Like that's yeah. usually what happens. Yep. Run it back one more time too. And they ran. They put something in, the, in his face too. You got Devontae Smith running this deep crosser. And he's probably trying to influence this post safety. But he – and that's probably why he didn't get as deep as he felt like he should have been. But he continues to stay in his pedal, even though he's kind of running right at him. 
you'll see him kind of shuffle a little bit, but he'll get back in his pedal uh, with D. Smith. So this is a great rep by the safety man. Jalen safety too. Jalen's looking right. Yep. You know, he's looking at him, and he's running the matter. Obviously, Smith at good speed, but he never gets out of his pedal. Keeps his eyes on the quarterback. Goes up to the receiver. Man, makes play on the ball. So perfect, perfect oh, rep. Boy. From the young safety on primetime, too. That's Monday Night Football to beat an undefeated team. So uh, they're, what, 500, 500 now? Yeah, yeah. Five, five. Five. yeah, so big win. Big win, man. Chase Young coming back. Massive Chase play. Chase Young coming back. Congratulations to the commanders. Mm-hmm. I hope the Zins were fantastic. Mm-hmm. And yet again, another week where I got much smarter. Learning what's being said in the huddle, pre-snap, and post-snap. Mm-hmm. Right? We're learning that particular oh, yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. What should be being said in the huddle, because after hearing my guy, Acho, I don't know if, if that's everywhere, but um, I gotta see that clip. I gotta see that. AJ, is that is that what happened in uh, Green Bay? The safeties were the ones who were talking about the down and distance. Yeah, usually, yeah. Morgan Burnett, whoever was back there, would usually be like, and then people would echo that and mm-hmm. talk about the sticks. But yeah, how DB set up? That's how a lot of places are. Yeah, that's a job, a safety room I mean, job. You, but you're talking to yourself, like you you do it to reassure yourself and yep. make sure. Okay, cool. Yeah, like I I am. I'm on the right path. Like, I am thinking the right thing here. Like, that's, yeah, you have to all be on the same page. I feel like I learned something. I should have understood that that was going to happen, but I felt like I learned something today. I did not know that was taking place. I ain't never been fucking out there. I think most people probably just assume, too, that everyone on the field knows knows. what the down and distance is. And it's not. You got to think, it's it's a small time between. You know, think about if you go down and make a breakup and then you're jogging back to getting. Sometimes you don't even get in a full huddle. It's kind of like a muddle huddle. So, you know, it's not like a full huddle like you see on TV or in the movies where everybody's in there. Like, that's to start a drive usually. But most times, you know, if you're a corner, like, you know, you're kind of maybe four or five yards. So if you got a guy that's kind of yelling, like AJ said, it's your job once you hear something echo. to repeat it. Echo it. Echo it. Hey, second and 12, second and 12. Then, hey, 11, they got 11 in there. Maybe you don't even get 11 in, but you know based on – because some guys, if I'm a two-down linebacker, and they come out 11 personnel on second down, I'm probably getting subbed out. And it's a guy, if you're that guy who rotates in and out, you're looking at the sideline to whoever that coach is responsible for substituting. You're looking at the sideline. You may see your guy coming in. You get tagged and you get tagged out. And then you're also communicating things in that fashion. But uh, down the distance, personnel, and then alerts. And that just helps slow everything down for everybody that's out in the field. Today was a great day. Hell yeah. yeah. We can't thank you enough. Ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler. Thank you, D-Butler. fellas. That was awesome. Thank you, D-Bud. Every week I get smarter in football, and I, you know, I'm starting to carry it, obviously, into my punditry, yeah. and uh, I feel like it's making me much better at my gig, AJ. I honestly do. Gombling, I believe that. And it's making me better. How could it not? Yeah. yeah, how could it not whenever you're fucking learning more and more about the game than you've ever learned in the past, even when you're sitting in team meeting rooms and talking to everybody? That was incredible. Thank you, D-Bud. Speaking it. of incredible, a uh, man was able to join us. He was able to make time in his schedule. And you might know him as Top Dollar, Who Hada, Not Nada on SmackDown, member of Hit Row. But he was once a football player, not only for uh, the Miami Dolphins and the Giants, and I don't know who else should have done more research, but at the University of Maryland. This weekend, Ohio State plays Maryland. And for the sixth year in a row, he's doing a canned food drive for the local people at the Maryland game because he used to play there. He's from there. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, you might know him as Top Dollar, named A.J. Francis. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me, man. And D-Bub was right. When I was playing D-Line, like, you get the personnel and you get the, you know what I'm saying, if I, they come out in 12 personnel and, you know, they come out in slot formation, I know I'm getting lead week, so it helps me with my alignment, you know what I'm saying? Hey, here yeah. we go. Look at us. All by <laughs> hey. hey, how many years do you play? Uh, obviously, you played at Maryland. They, I, I see clips yeah. of you playing at the Dolphins. I don't, I don't think I followed your NFL career enough because I just know you as an incredible entertainer with WWE. How long were you in the league and where did you play at? 
Uh, I was in the league for six years. I was on a couple teams Damn. just for like the the preseason, and but uh, I actually played for the Dolphins, the Seahawks, and the Commanders. Oh, there it is, the Commanders. Hey, smart. Hey, 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 smart. hey. hey. Uh, I appreciate you. you're out of Maryland, obviously, and this weekend yeah. for the sixth time you're doing a canned food drive. How do you think to start this? And uh, congrats, it's fucking awesome. You're making the world a better place, dude. That's a cool thing. I, I, I appreciate you, man. Uh, I, you know, I just grew up in an underserved community, man, where if you don't do it, nobody will. And, um, you know, there's a uh, homeless shelter by where I grew up called Sarah's House. And to my dad's credit, he always made me volunteer there before I was in the NFL, when I was in middle school, when I was in high school. We've been doing stuff like canned food drives. And I've had celebrity basketball games where we raise money for them. And we do uh, trunk or treat during Halloween. We do um, back to school, like uh, backpack giveaways and stuff like that for the kids. Because uh, most of the people that live at Sarah's house are children. And uh, they come from unfortunate situations or, you know, or their family families where the mom is getting away from maybe a domestic issue or maybe their house burned down or a myriad of different issues and um we just go out of our way to serve our community man because if we don't nobody will and um it's been a blessing because like i was doing it before i was a public figure before i was in the nfl before i was you know in wwe and now like when i act actually you know reach out to people and be like yo can you help me do this like I did with you, you're like, yeah, sure, come on the show, talk about it. Like, it wasn't always that easy. So for it to, to be able to do it now, it's amazing. Yeah, I think it's an amazing thing to put a little spotlight on it. And I didn't know you when you weren't in the NFL or in the WWE, but I would assume if you would have called me then and I knew you, I would have been excited to help out, excited to get you on here. I think your brain is a fantastic one, dude, honestly. When did you know Thank you were going to go to the WWE? Um, I mean – Honestly, the day I stepped foot in the NFL, I mean, because, you know, the NFL opens up doors to a lot of different things. So, like, I knew as soon as I got to the NFL that I was going to get an opportunity to at least get a tryout. And the tryout, what you – I know my athletic ability. I know my ability to talk. I know my creative mind, like you said. So, like, I knew once I got a tryout, I was going to get signed. Um, I actually was kind of salty because I was – signed and i was in nxt and i was watching you guys do the matches on nxt and i was in the crowd clapping behind the glass and i was a little bit salty because you know I understand. it was it was a team full of nfl guys and nobody invited uh, me to be on the nfl team you know what i'm saying it was a hostile environment we, i got kicked out one way yeah. hey listen i didn't want to be there either i had to do what i had to do but uh I appreciate you showing some fake enthusiasm. That was We talked about it on a very regular basis, that you and everybody else that had to do that, a lot of WWE superstars now had to do this during the COVID year. That's the worst situation of all time. Oh. A worst situation of all time. But appreciate you being a fucking trooper for that. And I think we would have yeah. had you join us. AJ, AJ turned his back quick when Roderick Strong almost punched me in the face. Yeah, AJ ran out of there. You remember that, AJ? Yeah. I do remember that. They took me out of there. A couple couple security guys, they backed me right out. Basically got me in a headlock and dragged me out of the place. So sorry about that. Sorry, <laughs> okay. sorry about it. Oh. Sorry about it. Uh, look at, hey, look at the crew. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, Top Dollar was uh, standing behind yeah. some plexiglass booing at the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, that was amazing those days. <laughs> Great time. Um, Whenever you do something like this canned food drive, and I assume you think about the next year, do you figure out a way that people who aren't on location can help? Like, can we help you out here, or do we have to be at the game? Yeah. How, how's it working at the game? 
Uh, at the game, um, we were at all the gates, so people just bring their canned food up when they're going to into the stadium. We'll be there right when the gates open. This Saturday. And, uh, this Saturday. This Saturday. Okay. Against Ohio State where we knocked down the buck guys, you know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. Guys yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure the spread's probably like Buckeyes minus 400, but we'll probably, you know, <laughs> we might be able to get it done. Uh, but uh, yeah, you bring you bring your cans to the gate and you drop them there. Uh, any non-perishables work. I also have a, a donation link that I can send you um, where you can donate directly to Sarah's house. Um, it's a it's an incredible it's an incredible place, man. They take care of the the most downtrodden people, people that need it the most uh, in my community where I grew up. My dad literally works at the school across the street from uh, Sarah's house, and he's worked there for years. He went to school at me high school, which is across the street. So, like, this is a big community thing that we've been doing for a long time. And, you know, anything that, you know, anybody can do to help out, I'll definitely send you the link uh, to be able to donate. I know how you like to get down. Um, And, you know, I I appreciate you guys for sure. And especially since we're playing Ohio State, I know, you know, AJ might have a little bit of Uh of hate in his heart for you, though, for us. You guys are good, man. (laughs) You got to his brother, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, to to his brother, man. we're, We're okay. You know what I'm saying? Like we do in the Big Ten, we do way better in basketball than we do in football. I can at least admit that. What year were you? What years were you in Maryland? I was at Maryland from 08 to 12, so I actually never played in the Big Ten. I only played in the ACC. So uh, um, when they moved to the Big Ten, it was my second year in the NFL. So uh, it's been crazy to see. Like I'm grateful because maybe one year we can actually go to a Rose Bowl. Maybe we'll get lucky. Maryland? Maybe. Maryland. Hey, let's go, Maryland. Okay. Hey, let's Maybe. go, Maryland. Go. High hopes, high dreams. Don't Get count to a out. Rose Bowl. Yeah. There's 64 teams yeah. in the playoff. What are you talking about? <laughs> Just maybe. Whoa. Maybe need a couple more teams. What's your problem? Oh, yeah. oh, 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 Mike, hey, that, that could happen. I'm just saying. I mean, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be tough for Long a while, road. especially with that team in the yeah. Big Ten, the yeah. one that AJ's about to you know represents and is a Hall of Famer at. But hey, why not Maryland? Yeah, exactly. Well, because Ohio yeah. State's there, most yeah. Yeah. Michigan, and they're not very good. Yeah, well, every, every year we like start off good, and then we got to play to Ohio State, year. Michigan, Wisconsin, Michigan State, all back to back, Penn State, and it's like, geez. Uh, Michigan State kind of stinks. Yeah. Whoa, bowl eligible if we win this Saturday. <laughs> oh, 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 I didn't know that. And by Michigan State people, I didn't mean that. I'm just, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, just saying that strictly to bury that guy back there yeah. and Larry Nasser, who is certainly associated with it. your school. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't mean to bring that up. AJ, your question for AJ. Uh, are you surprised that the more uh, NFL, like ex NFL guys, don't go into the WWE or have more success in the WWE? I know how difficult it is people think they can just walk in there and that's not the case like do you think we'll see eventually more uh, nfl guys come in i i think so especially with the way that they uh recruit people now like they're intentionally trying to get more pro athletes into wwe all my friends that are interested i tell them look bro if you want to try out i can definitely hook that up for you like but the thing is you got to be completely dedicated to it man like you know, unless you're Pat McAfee and you can fly in on your private jet and then you can, you know, go <laughs> a couple of days a week. Unless you're, unless you're that, you know, you got to go to wrestling school for a couple months to get it down and then go to a tryout and then impress. And you can't just like there's every player in the NFL is physically capable of being a professional. wrestler, But do you have the personality? That's what matters more. You know what I'm saying? Like, can, are you nervous when the red light comes on and you got a mic in your hand? Like that matters 10 times more than what your physical ability is in the ring. So there's a lot of factors to it, but I think 
I mean, I'm actively trying to recruit people from the NFL to come join me in WWE. Yeah, I think uh, it's a great. It could be a great pipeline for guys, honestly. And it is. It hurts like hell. Hey, people need to know that fucker hurts. It hurts. Yeah, it does. I was it sore hurts. for four or five days after every single one of my matches. Now, granted, that's because I mean, it's yeah. It's a bit easier for me because I'm a giant. So like, I only bump once or twice, maybe in a match. Uh, but I've seen your matches. And you're bumping all over the place. You, know well, you probably have more bumps in your Mania match than I've had all year so far. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, that's because, you know, I feel like i got to earn stripes a little bit, you know, because I am flying in, flying yeah. out, that type of thing. Might as well go off the top of the cage, flat yeah. back it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was real crazy. Nobody chose to catch me on that. Yeah. Nobody chose to get hit, you know, because I was giving it away how much they were able to move. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, oh, this guy shows up one day a week, huh? <laughs> Gets to talk for eight minutes. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Well, yeah, sorry. You were just a little bit too slow there. Nonetheless, incredible business. You're great at it. You are great at all facets of it. I think it's a perfect home for you. you, Connor has a question for you. Yeah, AJ, obviously great cause this weekend. My question has to do with the guy who was in our uh, office last week. Is that son of a bitch Michael Cole ever help you out, or is he just kind of a scumbag? (laughs) Like he is for well, Yeah. Uh, Cole's great, man. Cole's Cole's really good at, at helping me put things over. Like if I have something specifically that I want him to say, and Pat was the same way, if I have something specifically I want him to say, Wade Barrett's the same way too. If I give them to them, they use it on TV, no matter how obscure, no matter how pointless it is to what's actually happening in the action when they say it. Like, they make sure to get my things in that I want to be in, and I couldn't appreciate it more for that. Yeah, a lot of people think that, uh, you know, I would just go in there and freestyle, which I would. I didn't really know what was coming <laughs> next. But every once in a while, I think people who are smart in the business – you know, because you were one of them and other people that are very successful would come up to me and be like, hey, look for boom. And then this is yep. boom. And it's like, got it locked in. Like, I don't do a lot of prep. I don't know what's coming, but at least I've been given a little I've been smartened up a little bit that when this comes, we would like it to be called this. This is a thought. And this is why this is happening. It's like, oh, yep. thank you. Appreciate that. That is awesome. And the story just gets better that way. I think you get it. And yeah. I think that's why you're having massive success. Ty, your question for top dollar. Top Dollar, who would be your dream booking? Like, our, I mean, if we could maybe Ooh. somehow lure the great Kali out of retirement yes. or something like that, you <laughs> can get in there with him. I don't know, maybe like the the Scottish psychopath, uh, Drew McIntyre. Like, what? Who, who's your, he's not a psychopath. Yeah, he's, he's actually, actually quite, quite yeah, cerebral. cerebral, calculated. Jesus. Not one, not two, three clamor kicks. Um, <laughs> but who is you know your dream booking? You think? <laughs> Um, I, for the longest time, I, I always said The Rock is the reason that I'm in wrestling. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't know how many more matches Rock is going to. Like, Rock, Rock could wrestle every week if he wanted to, but he has, you know, his schedule. He's not coming back that up, right? So that spot's probably reserved for the likes of someone like Roman Reigns. So I would also say Tribal Roman Chief. Reigns, the, you know, Tribal Chief. That's a that's a great one. Um, but at where we are right now with, with uh, Hit Row, we're trying to establish ourselves as – you know, we're trying to get those tag team titles. So I would say a dream booking right now would be Hit Row versus the Usos versus the New Day at WrestleMania oh, for the tag team titles. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No like Viking it. Raiders? Get Noosey in there. Yeah, I don't oh, know. Oh, the Viking Raiders The Viking Raiders got ass whooping coming after what they did last week. <laughs> hell, hell, yeah. Yeah. Hey, that was in Indy, I think, right? The yeah. Whole, yeah. Last year yeah, it, was, right. it was in Indy. Zito was there. I, I guess there was potentially a little after show stuff that happened as well. Zito watched three hours of wrestling live in Indianapolis on Friday, and I was getting pictures of you every single five minutes, Zito. 
know, you had time live events. Oh, being yeah. there live, it is. Can't it's beat it. Like it. It is. It's an awesome, awesome experience. It is amazing. AJ, you took your kids when it was in Columbus. I think Axel was going to maybe end up as a premium live event. Yeah, you had a premium live event. I went yeah. to. Holy Good usage. Hawker. usage right Come there. On. It's funny because, like, I, obviously I have friends of mine who have known that I've been a wrestling fan my whole life, but they're not wrestling fans, right? But now I'm on SmackDown and we happen to be in their town. They're like, yo, let me come to the show. And they don't watch wrestling. They, you know, talk shit about wrestling every chance that they get, blah, 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 blah. But, like, when they come to the show, after the show, they're like, that was awesome. Yo, that was great. I got to come to more of these. I'm like, yeah, bro, it's different live, bro. It's different. Yeah. It really is. It's a perfect one. Been traveling the country and the world for the last mm-hmm. 30 years, selling out arenas twice to yep. three times a week. There's a reason. It's a great live show. Got a great staff and crew over there of people. Uh, uh, they're the best. They are. They're unbelievable. They've been doing it a long time. They're so professional, so awesome. I miss those people getting to chat with them. I miss you guys as well. Keep killing it. Nah, send me the link to donate to Sarah's house. I will, for sure. I appreciate you for having me on, and thanks to all you guys, man. Yes, sir. Hey, oh, yeah. don't thank these guys. There's no reason. I mean, thank Darius for sure. <laughs> Not AJ. Thank you, Top Dollar. Oh, okay. Thank you, Top Dollar. Thank you, Top Dollar. Hey, all right. Thank, we appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> top Dollar. Who hotter? Not Nada. Nah, nah. He's a good dude. He's a really good dude. Oh, yeah. He let me know that he was doing that. I had no idea. It's mm-hmm. been happening for years and years and years. That's a great event, making the world a better place. Mm-hmm. I respect and appreciate it. I don't know if they're babyface. Are they babyface? Is Hit Row babyface still? Uh, sort of, yes. So when they did, Viking Raiders are the the heel. They're vicious, though. I mean, it's hard for them. Not the to new be. and vicious they Viking. Smell too. Oh they yeah, they, yeah. Like Means poop. cusses in the WWE. Goddamn right. <laughs> that is literally. Thank you, Michael Cole. <laughs> I didn't know there was a lady Viking Raider either. Well, she just came. Right, Who? Sarah Logan. She's the wife of. Uh, in real life, shoot, real life. Yeah, I think. That couple, actual Vikings. Yeah, like, I see them doing archery and shit all the time. Yeah, she actual vi- uh, Viking in real life. As you for well. shoot? For shoot. For shoot. for shoot. That's awesome. But Hit Row came back, and they're brought back, and I think they were supposed to be babyface. The way they were talking, though, I was like, seems like this is a heel promo right here. <laughs> and this would be a great heel promo if we just want. And then they were booked as babyfaces, I think. But they were well-liked by everywhere we went. And then he did a rap concert out of nowhere. Didn't miss a single word. Nope. I was like, God damn, this is an impressive crew right here. I am intrigued to see everybody's career path, though. That's why a lot of adults are fans of WWE, like the decisions that are made and why and how, especially now with the turnover from Vince to uh, Triple H and everything like that. Michael Cole talked about it being different. Wrestling, pro wrestling will last forever. Yeah. Because it's, it's everything you could possibly want in something. It's like... Obviously, the athletics are there. You see something spectacular. Every single show that you watch, somebody's going to do something that is, like, Olympic-worthy. Holy shit, how did that happen? There's drama. There's comedy. There's just so many different facets of entertainment all into one show, and they try to keep it a variety show as well. It's a beautiful thing. I've been a fan for forever. That's why getting a chance to do it there for a while was awesome. It My was granddad good is 80 years old. He's been a fan of wrestling his whole life. <laughs> yeah. 80. Boy. I'm not a fan well, of Mark. much, but... <laughs> Did you call him yeah, a Mark? He called him Z beat me to it. He beat me to it. It's fun to be a Mark. It's yeah, really fun. I mark out all the time. I, didn't, I wasn't like a fan of WWE really until you. The what? The WWE. Until you got into it and then like kind of learning about the business and watching it. Like it is awesome. Yeah, growing up. It was too young. I was before. That's the thing. Hey, that is honestly the thing. It's like. 
um, generational. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, like I missed that too. Yeah. I was right into Jow and I wasn't watching. <laughs> 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 Who's that? Excuse me. Jow. Let's get out of here. <laughs> so you still Prince yeah, of Beijing. Beijing. You could not be a fan in that area. Impossible. Like, in yeah. middle school, like for, for me, that was, yeah. you could not be. Yeah, yeah, me too. And he said The Rock was the reason why he got in there. The Rock and Stone Cold were the reason why a lot of people got arrested. And then you oh, toss yeah. in D-Generation X gets in oh, there. Man. Kids are getting suspended every fucking day in schools <laughs> everywhere across the country. It was, it was literally. Bob Backlund brought a bunch of people. Mongo. Obviously. <laughs> Come on. A couple others. No, a couple was, others. It was, like, mankind. <laughs> with That's another one you got. Yeah. Like, Undertaker, obviously. Scotty yeah. Too Hotty, Val Venus. Yeah. Fondango. Yeah. Eugene. Now, Fondango came after the <laughs> Attitude Era. Believe it or not. Doesn't matter. He still brought a ton of fans to the sport. <laughs> so that is something that I think some of the older wrestlers say that is a compliment to some of the younger wrestlers. Like, any era, this guy would have been. That is yeah. said. Like, that is said Dongo. by... I think Dongo has had that said about him a mm-hmm. few times. Yeah. Or old school. I feel like old school, massive compliment. Old school old dude, school's yeah. a massive compliment. <laughs> you know who's been through it from the old school all the way till now? Who's that? Ric Flair? Uh, well. well, Certainly. D-Butt. Hey, check out with your grandfather on what Ric Flair's up to. <laughs> all right. Uh, See, uh, the guy who threw the headset, Brock Lesnar. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. been around for a long time. Brock Lesnar's been like 20-some years yeah. in WWE Sorry, the WWE. Thank you, Michael Cole. Uh, he's been at the top of a marquee for like twenty some years. Still, yeah, yeah, absolutely strapped. That is one of the most interesting humans ever pieced together. His arms go to like the middle of his shins, and he's jacked the entire thing. Jock. So he's got a longer reach oh, than you do, and he's stronger than you are. He has the explosion where I. I he had like a 45-inch or 44-inch vertical, something at 280 when he was coming into the uh, NFL after not playing the NFL or uh, after not playing football since high school or whatever. Just goes into UFC, becomes a fucking heavyweight champion. Yeah. Anybody just eats stuff. Like, what an interesting fucking creation Brock Lesnar is, who has been through this entire thing. Well, that's like people who watch it now. It's just like, oh, he's just the big destroyer. Like, when he first came in, he was doing, like, moonsaults and, like, backflips off the top rope and shit. Like, he... Athletic freak. So me and Brock, you know, had had a couple conversations. Obviously, everybody saw our recorded one. We had a couple convos. And uh, when I got uh, to NXT, I would do the jump up onto the side of the ring. That's the Brock Lesnar move. So mm-hmm. Brock started doing that, right? And I remember watching and thinking, like, look at this fucking monster jumping so damn high. I'm like, this dude's a freak. So when I found out that I could do it, I was like... I know it optically, it looks fucking awesome, awesome. so mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. So I started doing it, right? And, yeah, this is when Brock was young, and he and Kurt Angle went to. What? I just went after it. I mean, oh, it yeah. is. These are, oh, Kurt Angle's another one. We yeah, should have right. talked uh, about yeah. Kurt Angle's another one. So, like, Brock, who's, what, 40-something now, five, maybe 46, I forget. He was very young when he got into mm-hmm. the WWE. Mm-hmm. But, like, I jumped up onto the thing. And I heard somebody say, you know, potentially from his area, like, hey, why don't you put a 45-pound weight vest on? You know, how much you weigh? I'm like, dude. He's like, yeah, why don't you throw a 55-pound weight yeah. vest on? I'm like, all right, dude. I get it. We I get it. it. I'm not trying to say, <laughs> all right. But, it, like, that is, he is a still yeah. to oh, yeah. this moment Animal. right now. No, he's not a human. He's, I don't think he's so He's honestly either. not really a human. Can't be. Dude, th- his head, too, by the way. His Jake. hands. His head, neck, yeah. traps, everything. Yeah, I forgot the first time I met him. Yeah, I shake insane. his hand. I go in for one, you know, like, here we go. Only get first time shaking somebody's hand, though. 
I've been calling this dude the alpha male of our species since long before meeting him, since watching him in the UFC, just going like, yep, that's the fucking guy. He can beat up everybody, the biggest people, and then he can go, uh, he can do, go be more entertaining than everybody, and then he could go play football if he fucking wanted to. This is the guy that we need to fight aliens. This mm-hmm. is our particular guy. So I'm going to meet him first, and he's fucking blocking the whole... The door, there's no light. It's like a movie. There's no light coming from the hallway. We're in, like, kind of a corridor area. And uh, I just fucking, I go in for the handshake, and I go pretty solid, you know, and I go, sir, uh, very nice to meet you. You're a fucking legend, obviously. You can beat the hell out of people. And he's, like, super nice, you know. Oh, thank you. Very nice to meet you. His hand just wrapped oh, around yeah. my fucking wrist. Mm-hmm. Oh, my, this dude is hilarious. This fucking thing is hilarious. Okay, all right, <laughs> have a good one. And then I just kind of walk uh, beside him, and I kind of sneak out of there. He's, that's what the WWE is, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just freak. Just incredibly talented mm-hmm. people that have all different aspects yeah. of it. It was cool to work there. The amount of people you meet, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, Vi- you're a Viking. Uh, yeah, yeah, actually, and they have mm-hmm. photos of yeah. like <laughs> Freak athletes. Okay. All right. You're an actual Viking. I never would have met a Viking, I don't think, mm-hmm. if I wouldn't have been there. Then you start talking to other people. It's crazy. The amount... Different cultures. I mean, me and yeah. Ray Mysterio shared a shot yeah. of tequila. Oh, right. 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 Yeah. Ray Mysterio is still there. Yeah. yeah. The I mean, Edge, Edge gave me a shot of whiskey after. Uh, right. That song made its way into this office there the last couple of days. Uh-huh. Really, so oh, yeah. It's affected our lives, I think. We uh-huh. can all yeah. see it. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. I mean, just when you get. Like, I was a massive wrestling fan around the Attitude Era, but then, you know, I just, as I got older, I just stopped watching it. When you got back in it, like, I started going back and not only watching your shit, but watching old clips. I watched the Stone Cold, oh, I'll take it from here, nurse. I watched that clip <laughs> three to four times a hand, week now. Yeah. Just hand yeah. The head and of Vince. I would have just completely forgotten about it had you not gotten into the WWE. There is a Stone Cold, you watch a best of Steve Austin oh, clip. Oh, my God. There's a clip where. Fucking 45, 50 second entrance. Walks over to a guy, checks up. <laughs> <laughs> <and> <laughs> <walks> <laughs> <through>. <laughs> it's a three minute segment. Yeah. There's a minute 50, or there's a three minute segment. There's two minutes and 50 seconds of glass break, him walking, <laughs> kicking, stunning, and just walking right back out. And the crowd was, ah, yeah. for a full, like, two and a half minutes or whatever. It was. There was nothing like it back then. Those pops day. back in the day, too, when he walked out. That glass break. Oh. Oh. Yeah, like, I mean, the one at Dallas. The one at WrestleMania was huge. Yeah, yeah. it was unbelievable. Yeah. Nice to meet you, Mr. Austin, Pat McAfee or whatever. Hey, kid, you know, nice <laughs> to meet you or whatever. And I'm like, dude, I can't wait for the pop because I had never been in an arena like where he came out. But they always talk about, like, the – you know, the Steve Austin pop and the Hawk and the Road Warrior pop mm-hmm. is another one. But like the Steve Austin one from watching, as soon as that glass would break, literally, it's Pavlov's dogs. The glass breaks. Scream as loud as you've ever screamed in your entire life in stand. So in Dallas, I was like, I can't wait to hear that pop. And he was like, I hope so. You know, I'm like, cool. Yeah. Hey, sir, do not. Don't you worry. Don't no you worry. Because now, like, my generation are the adults now. So, yeah. like, now it is. You. This is probably the most popular time you're ever not ever. I guess back in the day they were everywhere, but you are just as popular now as you were yeah. back then. It's a it's an interesting thing, man. It really is. 
He's fucking yoked. Have you seen him? Oh, yeah. yeah. Just Shredded. saw him earlier today in his RV, fucking just doing a couple fucking curls, you know, just getting a quick workout in. Huge still. Huge. Yeah. Just absolutely jacked up. All right, let's get the fuck out of here. You made a putt. We yes, gave sir. some shit away. Go Two putts. We had everything DB. Shout out to Top Dollar. He's going to send us a link. We'll tweet out the mm-hmm. link if you want to help him in Maryland to help out Sarah's house. A lot of good causes out there. A lot of good people doing good things. Let's remember that whenever we hear a lot of negative bullshit, which is definitely going to come over the next uh, year or so with all election stuff yeah. that's about to take place. Let's remember there's a lot of good people out there doing good things. Uh, big thanks to Hedron James. He's one of them. And Patrick Peterson, another. Uh, D-Butt. Great show today, Paul. Toxic Table. You guys really fucking broad today. Tone, one's hammer. Done. 3.30. 3.30 at youtube.com forward slash hammer down. The back room behind the glass. Foxy Zito. Nikki Nuzini. uh, Bruce back there. Dirty Bill. And Mitt. We can't thank you enough. And tonight, AJ, you tell me, pal. Hook them, pal. Hook them horns tonight, right? 9.30 p.m. Eastern. And just before that, at 8 p.m., youtube.com forward slash that's hockey talk. Thank you, Nikki Skates. That's my promotion. Oh, my wings. All right. Uh, AJ, great show out of you today, man. Oh, oh, baby, AJ. Yeah. All right. See everybody tomorrow for uh, Thursday Night Football Thursday. Week 11 kicks off tomorrow. Jeez. Let's enjoy Thank all you. these games. Let's take this in for what it is. Let's, let's, let's remember that there's going to be an offseason coming up soon. Yeah. And we don't need that. No. No, no, no. Okay? No. We don't want that. Closer than it was no. at the beginning of the season. Much closer. Yeah. Remember, we were talking about a jury and our grand jury indicting ham sandwiches. That's right. That's right. For two weeks. That's that was our sports life. Mm-hmm. Let's enjoy these games, even if they're potentially shitty. Tomorrow night should not be. When the Packers and the Titans play, we should be in store for a fucking banger. Yeah. But even if it's not, let's appreciate this. When the refs fuck it up like they did with sure. the Bills having twelve people on the field and Gabe Davis's bobble not being reviewed by who? The people who put themselves in charge of review. Yeah, Who's that? The officiating people. Right. Whenever they're doing that, whenever games are being changed and Goddard's getting his face mask changed and a fumble happens and there's game changing. We cannot get lost in the fact that it is good that we have football. Amen. It's not perfect, but we have it. That's right. And we must enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Goddard went to IR today. Yeah. T's and P's. Damn. He was having a hell of a year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was. Was it because of the broken heart? It was on that play. Broken heart? Jeez. Heart. Better be. AJ, final thoughts as we get out of here on this Winner's Wednesday. Do you – okay, you, that brings up a good question. Do you think anyone ever will go on IR and it will be classified as broken heart yeah. because – I hope not. Someone left him or something happened like I that. I hope not because Tom – Dog dies. Dog die is a heartbreaker. That would be tough. I hope not because that means somebody would be devastating. That's not what this is about. Nope. nope. We're about celebrating the sport. Nope. Oh, yeah. We're mm-hmm. about being – Yeah. You're about to be emotional and happiness about sport. That's right. Tears of joy. Yes. Tears of joy. It's not perfect, but we have it. Boom. Yes. Mm-hmm. Say something nice to somebody. Goodbye. See you tomorrow. Hammer Done. is in 15 minutes. That's Hockey Talk is in four hours and 50 minutes. And the uh, Texas men's basketball right. team takes on Gonzaga Welcome. at 930 this evening. See you tomorrow. Goodbye.